0: I want to remind everyone to go to hankstrange.com, sign up for the email list. Uh, we've got a lot of different uh, kinds of information that you can get from the website. You can find out how to support us. Uh, Lola puts up deals up there. We also sell Hank Strange patches up on the up on the website here. There you go. Lots of different Hank Strange patches, if I can get them up right. And uh, while supplies last, while, if you buy these patches off the site... Lola's sending out some Gunvote stickers, make sure you guys get out there and Gunvote. These came from the NSSF uh, They sent those a ton of these so we're gonna give them away to anyone who buys anything um, I also want to tell you if you want to support us by getting t-shirts like this uh, Gunnerd shirt that I'm wearing here you can go to BallisticInc.com, look for the Hank Strange store there's lots of different t-shirts in there uh definitely check that out big shout out to harry's holsters thanks to them for uh sponsoring the podcast here and i think uh so far as i can see everything's good and i'm gonna jump into it here don't forget to smash those thumbs ups and ring the bell i will uh do the opening right now here we go
1: welcome back to the hank strange situation All right, guys hit the subscribe button smash the thumbs
0: ups ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live Uh, My guest is Jarrah Hutchins, and she's been here before, so you know about jazz hands, Jarrah, right? Gotta do the jazz hands, there you go. All right. I'm here, (laughs) doing jazz hands. (laughs) Absolutely, 100%. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on out there, uh, because, you know, you you better have those on, because we're going to talk about anything that we want to. Um, Welcome to the show, this is episode 651. As I said, my guest is Jarrah Hutchins, self-defense instructor. She's been on before, I think, uh, what was that? What did I say it was? I think it was episode, I'm going to try to find it right here. It five,
1: 513 or something? Yeah,
0: 518. So if you guys want to go check that out, Jarrah was on uh, 518. Uh, uh, I think it was a great episode, very lively. We made some snippets out of it. So you're back. Welcome back, Jarrah. How are you?
1: Hey, thank you. Busy, but amazing. Yes. Busy but amazing.
0: Yes, <laughs> you sound pretty pumped up. Uh, do you want to? So, just for the folks out there who um, who've never heard of you, do you want to just fill folks in on who you are, what you do, real quick?
1: Yeah. So that's kind of gone, you know, crazy since the last time we talked. So um, I'm a self defense instructor. Firearms instructor, mm. uh, started my company Clearing the Chamber uh, full time in 2017, been teaching for about 10 years, uh, but went full time in 2017. Um, I started doing some human trafficking work. So shout out to Carry Girl Gear uh, for making these really cool inhuman trafficking uh, shirts. But I'm going to be buying some patches off of the Hank Strange uh Ballistic Ink store tonight. Those things were amazing. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, uh,
0: the, well, the Ballistic Ink has the t-shirts, the patches, and stuff like that you have to get from HankStrange.com. H-
1: HankStrange.com. Go yes. get some patches, man. Those yeah. things
0: were awesome. Awesome.
1: Thank um, you. And then I, uh, I'm i a range master for um, a security company. Uh, so we do, we have a, a project called Project Safe Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we go into uh, high crime communities and we clean it up. And, uh, it's, so it's been a lot going on. Uh, COVID has been busy for me. I I think a lot of instructors can say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've, you know, people want training now they're starting to see, uh, Mm -hmm. that, you know, your freedoms are a breath away. Yeah. Okay, uh mm-hmm. and if you're not if you're not prepared, you know, you know, get strapped or get clapped. I mean, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. So, um it's been a it's been a busy year. 2020's been a busy year. Um and now it's kind of time to, you know, get on the podcast, talk to people um who are doing the things that I'm doing and reaching people who aren't doing the things that we're doing uh to try to educate them on the things we're doing.
0: <laughs> okay, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so many things in here, so many things. Um uh, first of all, Harry's Holsters, that sponsors of the show, Harry said, "Congrats on getting on PBD's show." So he knows who this. Uh, you you were telling me this uh, before we started about uh, PBD, which is oh. uh, some, Paul. Is it Paul Bet David?
1: Patrick, Bet David, Pat, and, so it, and it's so cool that Harry's Holsters knows about him. So I've got to tell you the quick rundown on how I got on that show. Yes, please do. Um, so if you're on YouTube, uh, you need to go and, and look up the Patrick bet David show. Um, so I did it. So my friend, Aaron works for one of his companies and she calls me up a few weeks ago and she said, Hey, my, my office wants you to come and do a license to carry class. Mm-hmm. And so, so in Texas, you have to have a license to carry, to carry on your body. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so she said, can you come do one? I said, sure. And I, I, it was, it was just like any other class I would ever teach. Well, what I didn't know is that Patrick Bet David was in the class, um, and and he has a a, a channel called Valuetainment uh, mm-hmm. that has 2.5 million oh, YouTube
0: wait, subscribers. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think I know who you're talking about. Actually, the more you say it, Valuetainment. Yes, this guy. He's in Texas, but he's from California.
1: Right, well he's he's originally from Tehran.
0: Yeah, I know exactly who um, you're talking came, about. Yep. Yeah. I know exactly yep. that I didn't put the uh, I'm terrible actually. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. I know exactly who you're talking about. I do look at his videos sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so he's got an incredible yeah. YouTube channel. So he then does, I get, yeah. you know, Two days later, I get a call uh, from from a really cool guy named Mario Aguilar, who's his um, mm-hmm. he, he's like basically produces, you know, his channel. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, we want to have you on, on the podcast. And I was like, cool, because, you know, I've done podcasts before, whatever. So I start researching it like you would anything so that you're prepared. And I'm like, this dude has an insane amount of followers. Um, and I thought it was super cool that he was taking the time out to be an ambassador for his safety. Mm-hmm. And so. uh, I, and, and I'll, I throw, I'll just show? throw the
0: picture up there for you guys who haven't seen him, because I think if you see who like I once I got that picture in my head of who you're talking about, I was like, oh, I do look at that guy. I look at his videos all the time. Yeah. I was watching a video where he was talking about why I think when he left California, a bunch of people that work with him in his business uh, left California. And he was talking about what's happening lately. You're, you're, you you know, you're talking about how all the COVID stuff is going on. And he, he was talking about how those things have made a lot of people decide to move like Joe Rogan, et cetera.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He was, um, he was, he was all over it and, and he mm-hmm. has such a loyal, um, uh, mm-hmm. he, employee base, that, you know, most of them picked up and they, they came right to Texas with him. And now he's getting ready to go to Florida and like 80% of his employee base is going within Florida from what I hear. Oh, really? So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So he's got There's a lot going on, you know, with that. So doing the show was super cool. And I... It just kind of goes to show like you just never know what kind of doors God's going to open for you Um, because that was not that was very unexpected. And so then he asked me. So I went and did the podcast and then he asked me to be a contributor for the live that they were doing to cover the presidential debate, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. And so so we did that. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of cool uh, to get to know that the people at Valuetainment and, and they run a really cool, a really cool program over there.
0: Yeah. So you have basically been on rock star status.
1: I was like, year. I got my 15 minutes of rockstar status <laughs> is pretty much what I got, you know, and yeah. then they were like, go home. <laughs> Congratulations
0: on that. And yes, you know what, like you were saying, it's been busy too. Um, yeah. I think for everyone in the industry, it, I, I think that there's no part of the industry that hasn't gone up, right? So everyone's selling guns, people making <clears> stuff, <throat> selling stuff, uh, trainers, uh, suppressors even I've heard from people in the industry, like they're selling, everything's selling.
1: Everything. I mean, when, when, when COVID was probably at its peak, like from the first shutdown mm-hmm. in Texas, uh, we had people for about a three week period coming into the gun range that I was teaching at. And they were like, I don't care what it is. If it has a trigger, I want it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now that shows you two things. It shows you number one, how desperate people became for something to defend themselves with, because they started to figure out that the government can't protect them. Mm-hmm. Number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it shows you how uneducated the general populace is on firearms and what's best for what situation Mm -hmm. there's different platforms of firearms for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so when you become desperate, when you, when you don't take the time out, when you don't carve that time out to, to make safety a priority in your calendar and to learn these things, then when the, when the time comes that you need those things, you're completely uneducated and unprepared as to what you should be getting uh, to properly defend yourself in what situation
0: yeah absolutely uh, by the way you're getting some shout outs from the folks out there um let me see who who was this combat gaming says Jera, i follow you on instagram i love your page i'm going to throw your page up on instagram it's clearing the chamber for anyone out there and look Jera just uh i think i don't know you just probably just did this because uh, you're wearing, you're, you're pretty much the same background. So this video there. If anyone goes to Instagram, smash the uh, the love or like button, whatever people call it, on the Instagrams there. So there you go, bam. Because it looks like the last thing you posted, you just posted it, but you didn't just just. You probably just posted it like before. I did. I yeah. did
1: just a few minutes ago. Yeah, I did a video on, uh, you know, what's more important, your ballot or your blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's all tripping about voting and mm. tripping about our presidential candidates. And mm. I get it. It's a, it's a really galvanizing and controversial election year that we're having right now, mm-hmm. but your vote matters and you mm-hmm. should go do it. But what are you doing with the other 364 days of your year? Mm-hmm. How are you digging into your community and blessing mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. And you, you got to be doing it.
0: Good question. What did you think about the, uh, about the debates? I think you said that, uh, you were, you are on that panel for, the, uh, like reactions to the debate or something, right? Was it oh, yeah. 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 So what did you think about that whole thing?
1: <clears throat> there literally nothing got done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing, nothing got done. There was no, nobody got an answer
2: mm-hmm.
1: to any important question during that debate. Um, I was, Oddly surprised at how well Joe Biden actually did uh, Mm -hmm. as far as his articulation. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I gotta, you gotta wonder because in the past, you know, few times that we've seen him on any kind of live TV or social media, the guy's been mashed potato brains. And so it's like, how did he come, you know? how did he come from that, you know, and get to this sort of articulate phase Mm -hmm. during the debates? And so it kind of makes me wonder, you know, what in the Houston Astros is going on here, (laughs) you know?
0: I think they, they, one, gave him, they let him rest, it looks like, and two, they probably had him pumped up on some good juice, um, from what I saw, from what I saw of that. Yeah, he was, he seemed well-rested. Trump obviously was well-rested, but... uh, you know, it's the, it got combative. It got combative uh, real fast. And I don't know what like. I'm not really sure what anyone expected. I expected it to be combative. I don't know.
1: Well, they're going to have a fist fight in the Chili's parking lot for yeah. debate, too, is what I hear. But yeah. I'm really um, I'm with one that of the things, <laughs> Well, I'm I'm pretty excited about mm-hmm. I want to see the vice presidential debate. OK, I want to see how Pence and Harris mm-hmm. deal with each other. Um, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be super interesting, but Hmm. you know, I've lost, I've lost a lot of faith in these leaders. Hmm. Um, you know, I've lost a lot of faith in, in the things that they can accomplish. And so I'm just kind of on a campaign in my own life Hmm. and, you know, in, in, in the people that I can influence to, Hmm. we need to quit, we need to quit farming out our community obligations to corrupt Hmm. politicians and people that don't give a shit. Hmm. And we need to start digging into our communities and, and protecting our people.
0: I don't think, this is just uh, my uh, humble opinion, which is probably not humble at all, I don't know, whatever. But um, I don't think that any politician is going to save you. I don't think anyone else is going to save you. That's what really started me seriously down this uh, 2A path. I came to a realization the only person who could save you is yourself. You know, and that if you can't defend something, you don't have it. So if you think you have a life, you don't have it if you can't defend it. If you think you've got a family or a home or material things, whatever it is that you think. If you think you have freedom, you don't have that unless you can defend it. You yourself. Because when, when uh, you know, when the rubber meets the road, I'm trying to be nice since we're in the early part of the show here. When things, when it really comes down to it, right, it's just going to be you and whoever else wants to take your freedom away from you your life away from you your your possessions or whatever it is and never ever is there a scenario where politicians no politician right is actually trying to fix your problems that's not they're not in the business of that
1: because if they if they fixed problems, what would, if they fixed all the problems? What what would be their job?
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: You know. Yeah. And another thing to consider too is, you know, even if even if most of the politicians that we had in this country were great and wonderful and not corrupt people it's It's not about whether they can't they still can't save you, even if they wanted to, because it's physically impossible. and And this is one of the things that I said when I testified in the gun rights hearings that came through Dallas, Texas last October. Mm-hmm. I was like, physics dictates. it literally comes down to science at the end of the day. Physics dictates that no no body can purposefully respond. To a situation of duress, whether it be home invasion, active shooter, whether it be carjacking, rape, sexual assault, whatever you want. Nobody can do it purposefully except the people that are already there. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, you know, help might be on the way, but how long? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it doesn't it doesn't come down to how you feel even mm-hmm. necessarily. It comes down to what can actually be done in the realm of science. And and that's where physics and kinesiology and things like that come into play. And you are the only one that can save you. You are the only one that can assist your family or or and or the people who are around you mm-hmm. because you're already there.
0: hmm. Yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> I I think that when we look at the, the whole subject of voting, I believe, you know, I'm a naturalized citizen. I'm definitely going to vote, you know, and I think everyone out there should vote. I'm not going to tell people how to think or who to vote for. I could tell you you know, who I vote for, whatever, if you care to know, but ultimately you need to go out and you need to do that. And you need to go back to the business of fixing all your problems. Like you're saying, whatever problems you have, it all starts with you. You know, so even, you know, a lot of people like to blame everyone else for everything that's happening to them. And in some circumstances, that's true. But I always try to divide people down, or I don't try to divide people, I shouldn't say that. I think people fall into two basic categories, the deliberate and the accidental, okay? The accidental person, everything is happening to them. Nothing is within their control, nothing is their fault. (laughs) All of this stuff is just being done to them. The deliberate person, even if they mess up, they take a deliberate look at what they did wrong. If they're in the wrong situation, they say, "I'm in the wrong place. I shouldn't have been here. This is this is on me." And they try to do things about it, and their and the behavior up.
1: changes. Exactly, the behavior changes. Yeah, absolutely. That, so mm-hmm. the mistake isn't really the problem. It's what you do afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the issue. And mm-hmm. so we see a lot from. Uh, people in society now, you know, what can the government do for me? What can the government give me? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to be taken care of? Mm-hmm. And so it's, like the, it's kind of like that. it's kind of like a government's job or a government's you know reason for being has sort of mutated, and we need to get back to the original plan. And the government's job is not to keep us individually safe. Mm-hmm. Now, a country as a whole, right, from foreign enemies and things like that. That's why we have a military, Mm -hmm. but the the government's job is not to keep us individually safe. It's to keep us free. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Their job is to keep us free. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if we want that, which we should want freedom, then it comes with a degree of responsibility for oneself. Mm -hmm. And so COVID, this whole situation that we've had in 2020 with COVID has really shown me who is to your point, accidental and who is deliberate. Mm -hmm. And so we've had, we have a lot of people that are sucking on the teat of the government because they don't know how to be deliberate. Nobody's ever taught them how to be deliberate.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that, uh, and I think there are a lot of people who are upset about this. Maybe we don't see it in the media, right? Uh, For sure. We know there's people who are just complying and, uh, Oh, whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do it. We see those people wearing the masks in the car and all that kind of stuff, right? I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do. If you're in a situation and, or you, first of all, you know what's up with you. You know if you're at a high risk for something and all of that kind of stuff. But when, when there's people who are just going out of their way to comply with everything and not questioning the fact that the government has no plan on ending any of this, and we've been through this kind of stuff before. It's not like some aliens landed and gave us a special alien flu that we never heard of and their body snatching us or something crazy like that. This is literally <laughs> something we've been dealing with on this planet. Life literally comes from a virus, right? I mean, it's, it's what we're dealing with is elemental and it's never going away. Never. We, we can never do anything about it. And if we're at this state where we're like, "Oh my God," the government has to tell us everything to do all the stuff we were up to. I think we were thriving before that, you know. Um, and and maybe if we want to put it in this in 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 this light of the conversation we're having, maybe we were just thriving accidentally, because. Everything was going fine at that point, and then everyone decided everyone decide it's okay to flush everything. Now, for me and you, because of what we do, like I found myself busier than ever, like not really getting a chance to take any kind of breaks. I've worked through this whole thing. I've come in. I'm in my studio is separate from where we live. Lola works in healthcare. She's worked all the time. You know, um, and we've just been going, going, going. But there's lots of people out there that were fine with shutting everything down, going on unemployment. Even when the companies are saying, come back to work, they're like, no, I don't want to go back to work. They're giving me more money to stay home. You know, so it seems like there's folks out there that wanted this to be done. And I just ask myself, how many of us really are upset with this and, and, you know, want the government to get out of our way and let us go back? To taking the risks we always took?
1: Well, I I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Um, I have, you know, I had about two weeks off. Um, and mm-hmm. got a lot done in the two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. clean out my garage, all that stuff.
2: <laughs> um,
1: <clears throat> you know, the things that, you know, you're supposed to do, you mm-hmm. know, idle hands are the devil's playground, Right. you know? And, uh, so then I, but then I started to get a lot of requests from people that were like, look, I think this virus is complete BS. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, the numbers aren't adding up. Can you come to my house and teach me? You know, mm-hmm. so I did a lot of dry fire training mm-hmm. with people, um, during COVID until the ranges kind of started to open back up because. Mm-hmm. Our attorney, our attorney general, had to deem ranges essential. So the retail spaces at firearms facilities and you know gun retail spaces were always essential. But we, you know, our AG had to deem ranges oh, okay. essential. So once and they you're in, started, you're in
0: Texas with people. If, if yeah. you guys don't know out there, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: when the ranges started to open up, I was, you know, I was still, you know, getting more and more requests for for training and things like that. Um, and and never once. Uh, there, there's been two instances where I've worn a mask during this whole thing. I've never wore one to the grocery store. I didn't wear one to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, then gyms closed down and I had to be at home, mm-hmm. uh, working out. But, um, I, I didn't wear a, a mask in public anywhere except when I got on an airplane.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and today when I went to a funeral, Oh well. Wow. Because that's just to me, going like going to the funeral is not the place mm-hmm. where I'm gonna bring up the mask issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so I, I can be, you know, I can be sympathetic and empathetic uh and you know, kind of, you know, know when to bring that up and when not to, but I ain't wearing a mask to the grocery store.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not wearing one to the mall. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, most people didn't say anything to me about it. Um I had the people at Starbucks said something to me about it once. Uh, when I walked in and she was like, do you have a mask? And I was like, no, I don't. She Mm -hmm. said, well, we we kind of require masks. And I was like, well, I did a mobile order. So I just need to get my stuff and go. Mm -hmm. And also I'm a free American. Mm -hmm. So you can either, you know, you can give me a refund on my stuff and I'll go somewhere else and get my coffee, Mm -hmm. or you can just hand me my stuff and I'll be gone in two seconds and then we won't have to deal with it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's really no end in sight for this. Mm -hmm. Um, it only took, it literally only took them a matter of weeks to mm-hmm. turn these people into sheeple. I mean, I've seen masks out now more than ever before. Everybody has one on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't wear one. I'm just saying that don't be afraid to exercise your choice either. Because if this isn't something that you want to be mandated to do, okay. Mm-hmm. So like if, if I had a if I had a student that asked me to wear a mask during a lesson,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would probably I would probably do that. Mm -hmm. that's just, to me, that's a little bit of customer service if that's what they want. But in general, I'm not complying with this crap. It doesn't make any sense. And, but the problem is that we have a country full of people who don't really know how to critically think anymore. Mm -hmm. So the people like me and you who are going, this doesn't make any sense. The numbers aren't adding up. I'm okay with taking a little bit of risk because I take care of myself and I'm healthy. That's also a big thing too, is nobody wants to be the person. And this is going to be real controversial, Mm -hmm. what I'm about to say, but no, nobody wants to be the person that's out on social media or in public going, you know what, if you're high risk, probably seven times out of 10, it's because you did it to your damn self. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to take the three out of 10 people who who totality of circumstances determines that they didn't do this to themselves. Mm-hmm. They got cancer or they got, you know, certain kinds of cancer that you just get. Okay. Or they have a disease that they couldn't help. Right. But seven, I bet you seven out of 10 people who are high risk did it to themselves because we're a country of people that doesn't, that we don't take care of ourselves anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. So we
1: do it's too, it's too hard. It's too labor intensive. It's too much effort to eat right and drink enough water and make sure that you're getting some exercise. I mean, yeah. it's this well, is I mean, not a. let's, it. let's also not-
0: let's also remember. I mean, if if it was really true that everyone who is overweight is going to die, then half of America would already have been dead. I mean, I'm am a big dude, so I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to talk about anyone. I'm, I'm a big guy, but it's kind of ironic, and and all of us can stand to lose some weight, myself included. But it's very ironic that there was this thing of oh, if you're if you're fit and you're healthy. That, you know, you'll be okay, but then don't go to the gym and don't go outside. (laughs) You know, so none of that can actually make sense. None of that actually makes sense, right? If you're telling people that that's somehow a difference, and I'm not saying that it isn't, I think ultimately the studies that the CDC put out themselves said that most people who died, they said, what was it, ninety-four percent had multiple things. So yes, if you're overweight and you're not doing anything about it, that's one thing. But it wasn't that; it wasn't one thing. It was multiple things. So maybe you're overweight, maybe you have diabetes. Okay, you get this thing, or maybe you have, you know, three things, and you get this, and you can't uh, come out from it. My father's in New York. He's, uh, an old dude, first of all, you know, has several different issues and he got COVID-19. He's fine. You know? Um, I think that's just from being an old bastard, but you know, I mean, hey, <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes that keeps you alive. Good for you. <laughs> you know, but I think, so. but
1: it's, it's, it's gotten to the point of, of ridiculousness. You know, mm. I was on board for mm. the first like three weeks when we didn't know what we were up against, mm-hmm. and, and that's the time when you need to be sympathetic and empathetic and go, Okay, look, we're gonna mm-hmm. shut it down. Hopefully people have a savings account. If you don't, the government's gonna step in and help you a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I get that, that's fine. But you know, when you're a month and two months out and the numbers aren't making sense, it's time to it's time we can't crash an economy mm-hmm. over over this. We just can't do it because then everybody suffers. Yeah. Okay. But then a secondary, you know, a byproduct of this is that people in positions uh, in certain positions have become emboldened to be punk asses to people. Mm-hmm. Right. So my, my really good friend Angela got kicked off an American airlines flight this week. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, her daughter is at the Citadel, mm-hmm. right? They went to her ring ceremony mm-hmm. and they were flying back and this mom. Who's this mom of five on an American airlines flight was getting her ass chewed by some flight attendant who thinks that she's, you know, the president Mm -hmm. and she because her two kid her two-year-olds twins I believe their masks fell off while they were sleeping Mm -hmm. and so I guess they're getting on this connecting flight and the chick's like you can't get on the flight because you broke the rules and so my friend Angela's like hey that's yeah, she's like, that's not fair. They were freaking sleeping and they're two. Mm-hmm. So the Texas, you know, the mandate says that, you know, kids under 10 don't have to deal with this. And you're just being an asshole. And mm-hmm. they kicked her and her two kids off the flight. So she had to go rent a car and drive 15 hours home to get her kids back so they could go to school.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like, to what? prove their authority over us. But all of that, all of that was given away. That stuff was given away after 9 11. So what you're seeing happening with uh, flight attendants, that happened after 9-11, right? And and if you look at a lot of things, I was looking at, um, I think Rogan had Snowden on, and Snowden said that people in America don't realize that uh, Patriot Act and all those things, when they went into effect, we no longer have a constitution.
1: And he's not wrong. And so that was something that I had to research and learn about. Mm-hmm. because 9-11, I was like 19 years old when that happened. So I wasn't like a big traveler. I didn't mm-hmm. really have a lot of flights under my belt at that time. So I don't really remember a time when I've flown and the TSA hasn't been in existence
2: mm-hmm.
1: or, you know, or the Patriot Act hasn't been in existence because I was still a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. when this happened. So he's he is absolutely not wrong It has completely stepped on the Constitution.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of craziness going on here. For example, in the beginning, Fauci said, and I saw, this, I saw this in the debate, but Fauci said in the beginning, you don't need masks. You don't need them. It's, it's not necessary. Okay? Now, we all know, um, did you go to SHOT Show? Yeah. If we go back to, sh- before SHOT Show, I had the flu. I think um, I was out in Vegas <clears throat> for SEMA um, show, and, and sometime after I came back from that, I had the flu. I didn't even go to the doctor, I had it, it was pretty bad, I should have gone, and I was like, I'm gonna fight it. It went away, and then it came back and smacked me up again, so the second time I went to the doctors, they shoved that thing up into my brain, and they were like, yeah, okay, you've got, you have actually have the flu, Uh, and they gave me something for it, it went away, everyone in our house had it, including Lola. By the time SHOT Show came around, that was the first year Lola and I went there, and one of us, or both of us, didn't get, neither one of us got sick. (laughs) But a lot of people were getting sick in um, in Vegas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, and I
1: think I think COVID ran rapid. Yeah, rampant. I, it,
0: was wor- it was worse than normal. You always see it in Vegas, but it was worse than normal. I was going to booths, and half of the booth was gone. You know, because the people there were sick. People went home because they were sick, or they went home yep. because their family was sick. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was a lot of that going on. We were all running around without masks. You know, um, in the beginning, they said we didn't need it. Uh, even here in Gainesville, the there was a mask thing for about two weeks, and then the city council took it down. Gainesville is a very uh, liberal town. That's where the University of Florida is. So they took it down. the uh, The sheep here, the sheeple, were mad because they were taking it down. So they got mad and they put it back up. <laughs> and it's because
1: <laughs> because god forbid that you make the choice to protect yourself yeah, if you want to wear, wear, wear it <laughs> like taking that down doesn't mean that you can't wear a mask you can yeah. still do it if you want to and abs and exactly no one is going to get mad at you yeah. exactly no one is going to care because you're making that choice mm-hmm. for yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just insanity. I've seen I've seen that there's some courts that have ruled against these kinds of restrictions already, because how can you say that people can't go to a football game or they can't uh, go to church, but they could go out there and protest? Doesn't That's make what I'm sense. saying.
1: And and then, you know, I had a you know, I, I, I had people that severed their professional relationships with me mm-hmm. over some of the um, posts that I was making about. Um, the COVID restrictions and about, you know, I went to the Apple store um, to buy a converter for mm-hmm. my tablet mm-hmm. and I get there and they, they, as soon as I get out of the car, they start yelling at me, mask, 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 mask. And I'm like, you don't even know where I'm going yet. Mm-hmm. You don't even know. So you put, you want me to be out. You want me to be outside and walk down the street with the mask. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I am coming to see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here's mm-hmm. what I need, you know? Mm-hmm. And the manager is just, you know, the kid's walking up to me and he's like, Hey, how can I help you? And I was like, I need this converter thing. And he said, Well, you gotta order it online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm here right now.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he goes, Yeah, but you gotta order it online And then they and then bring it got a process. To you. Yeah. And then we call you when it's ready and then you come get it. And I said, What's the difference between you going and get it from me right now? Like I'll wait in my car. Mm -hmm. I'll put on, you know, you want to put on some gloves or something, like whatever you need to do to protect you, I'm fine, okay? Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to wait for an extra four hours when I'm already here. Like, what's the point of that? So the kid's like, yeah, the, the kid's like, I know, it's really stupid. Well, his manager hears him say that and comes and starts accosting the kid mm-hmm. for like having his own opinion on something, God forbid. Mm-hmm. So I start filming the guy. Mm-hmm. And so then he looks at me and he was like, Ma'am, do you want to have a conversation? I was like, I absolutely want to have a conversation about this because we can't let these idiotic processes become truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what we can't do because then people start to believe it and then it's harder to roll back and get that freedom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get that freedom back. And so, he, you know, so he said, well, are you going to stop filming me? And I was like, no, because apparently you have an attitude when you're not being filmed and I'm going to keep this camera on you. And if you want to have a conversation with me, then you're going to have a conversation with me with the camera. And, he's, and then he just turns around and walks away. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah. so I can't.
1: So, OK, well, if you don't want my money, that's cool. I'll get it. You know, I'll mm-hmm. get it on Amazon. I'll be at my house tomorrow. But I was mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? And it's just these and they're, they're like, well, this is what we have to do because we have to do our part. Mm-hmm. To stop the spread of covid. And I'm like me waiting an extra four hours doing an online order is doing absolutely nothing to stop the spread of covid. You people are insane.
0: Yeah. And, but- and there's nothing else that they feel they have to do their part to stop the spread of of anything. Right. This is the weird thing about what's going on, that all of a sudden this thing is something that you have to stop. Or you have to it, no. We've got to go to draconian measures over this one thing that happened in life. And if we accept it from now on, it's gonna uh, it's gonna apply to everything. If if as long as they put an emergency on something, they'll go. Yeah, we have to do this. You know what? We have to. Everyone has to drive electric cars. Okay, it's for the planet. You know, if you if you're not driving an electric car, stay home. Don't come out. We'll arrest you. You know, this is this is how crazy. Um, things are actually going to get, and it really comes down to whether or not people want to be free. And the truth of the matter is, most people don't really want to be free. Most of most people are not wired that way. That's just a reality that we're dealing with, right? This is why everyone's falling for it and falling into it because they all of a sudden forgot that there was there was never anything else in the world that was scary.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't even do this. We didn't even do this for AIDS. Mm -hmm. And you had a, if you got AIDS Mm -hmm. in like the Mm eighties, you had a 33% chance of dying Mm -hmm. of AIDS. Mm -hmm. This is like a 1% or less Mm -hmm. chance. Mm -hmm. And 30, we didn't even, we didn't tank an economy Mm -hmm. over a 33% chance of dying. Mm -hmm. And, and, and with, with that particular disease, with that particular sickness came a whole list of phobias, including homophobia, Mm -hmm. right? So we, we were not just combating a a disease or a sickness. We were also combating a phobia Mm -hmm. that needed to be eliminated. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even, we didn't, but we, but the point is, we didn't even tank an economy for that,
0: yeah, we never, so we, never we never, we never should, but there's nothing that we should do it for. We shouldn't shut the country down unless we're at all out war. And even then, I don't know if we should shut everything down unless the, unless that fight is going on here. What are we doing? Right. We well, and you're not wrong and going.
1: and you made a really good point uh, a, a few minutes ago about when you said people don't want to be free. And I agree with that about 70%. People don't want to be free. Until freedom is going away for everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're okay with taking freedom away from some people, but when it comes down to you know when freedom's going away for everybody, then the revolution comes, right mm-hmm. And so we're seeing that kind of happening right now mm-hmm. um, with with these ridiculous mandates and then the, and then and, and and we know that that's happening because 2020 has been a record year for gun sales. Mm-hmm. So we know that people are getting sick of their freedoms being stomped on because of gun sales. Well, That's so, so actually a representation of that.
0: You think so? I mean, I wonder I, I wonder if it's freedom or fear. That's what oh, I wonder. Oh, I
1: think, I think that they're directly correlated mm-hmm. when it comes to liberty. Okay. I think they're directly correlated when it comes to liberty because if we see this going – if we see pa- pandemic mandates – Mm-hmm. on top of a really controversial election, on top of, uh, riders, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't say riders and protesters because I, I think they're two different things. And I think they've been unfairly lumped into the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, I'm going with riders on mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, people are going to start to figure out that look, and it's, and then it, the cycle is going to start all over again mm-hmm. because we're, then there's going to be, there's going to be this uprising um, we're going to get we're going to get liberty and freedom back. We're going to see a rollback on a lot of ridiculous laws and mandates. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over the decades, we're going to roll back into this situation where we have too much regulation, too many people being silenced, you know, things like that, because at the end of the day, it's always a power grab. So liber- true liberty and true freedom is always temporary. And then you got to, you know, water the tree of liberty with the blood of patriots mm-hmm. and tyrants.
0: Mm-hmm. I think. OK, I I I think that you're right partially, but I think a lot of what I'm seeing um, and probably what we're seeing out there is people doing it based off of fear. And I'll I'll tell you why. So where, for example, if we're gun guys, we've always been buying guns. Okay. All of us don't train, but we've kind of always been training or doing whatever our routines are, right? Or getting out, shooting, whatever you want to call it. We've always been doing these things. But I think when they look at this five or seven million people that got out there and bought everything, they're saying these are new gun buyers. These people tend to be liberal or Democrats. A lot of, uh, a lot of it are people of color. I'm not saying people of color can't be conservative or gun people or anything like that. But I I agree with those stats, because I see it, because I've been talking about this the whole time, right? And I'm here, I'm in this community that's here and talking to people all the time, and people say, oh, what do you do? Tell them, they're like, okay, cool. And all of a sudden, everyone knows me. The people who were like, yeah, that's fine, and put it in the back of their mind, now those people know me. Now they need to, like, well, I need to get ammo. Well, what's going on with that? I need to get a gun, what's up with that, right? So it's those people that have been activated, and and I don't think it's really like a freedom thing. I don't know that they see it that way. They're just scared. So they probably agree. Those same people agree. Um, if, if you were looking at that debate, those same people are on the Biden side of all of that stuff. But something that they're seeing is telling them, oh, well, I can't count on the cops. You know, anything could happen. There's people burning down places. Uh, A lot of people are out there thinking actually that Trump is a racist and uh, is supporting white supremacy and therefore white people are coming for them and they've got to get guns. You know, I think we're just seeing that a lot over and over again. And that's fair. I don't think these are people who understand about the Constitution, the Second Amendment. You know, I don't think these are people who see the difference that there's politicians out there uh, specifically, deliberately trying to reduce... Those rights, I don't. I don't really believe that. I think they're just in fear, and they realize, like, oh, I could go buy this thing, and they're out there. But even when they go out, what we saw a lot of people talking about is those people went out there and they weren't aware of the rules. You know, I had someone call. I'll give you an example. A guy called me out of the blue, and and said he got my number from uh, my barber. Right, that's a that's a point I think uh, in a lot of communities where people get together, uh, definitely in the black community. He said he got my number from the barber. He was like, hey, listen, I just got an AR-15 and someone told me, you're the guy to talk to. Here's my problem. I want to figure out how to get this to go full auto. And I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, I, I need it. To, you know, I, I don't know how to get it to go full auto and I need that. And I was like, well, that's not technically something that you, you can't actually do that. You know, not to say you cannot do it, but you're going to have to have, there's a whole bunch of hoops that you're going to have to jump through before you can actually do that. So most people cannot do it. It's illegal for for you to do it. Why do you even want to do that? He said, well, because, you know, in the movies, that's that's what you need to do. I want to make it more accurate like I see. So everything that he's, it just gets worse. If I go on with this conversation, (laughs) you're going to lose your mind. Because he just, I was like, wait a second, you want this thing to go full auto so that it's more accurate? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, it, that's, full auto's not going to make it more accurate, you know? And I'm saying to him, if you want it to be more accurate, you know, what, what like, that's, you you want to shoot slowly. <laughs> you want to slow down and, hey, and I'm asking him, are there optics on this? He's like, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? So. Uh, you know, we could keep going with this story, but the point I'm trying to make to you, there were lots of phone calls like that after that. There were lots of conversations uh, with people like that. That's funny. your, your dogs. Your dog. <laughs> um, you know, so that I, I think that really what we're dealing with, and it's going to be interesting to see how many of those new people um, turn around and go, yeah, we're not like uh, actually paying attention and don't and and decide yeah I'm not voting for Biden Harris because those guys are saying they're going to take away guns. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That will be the answer I think to this question to this conversation you and I are having. If we actually get a president Biden, it says that those people out there to me looked at all of that and it wasn't because of freedom, it was because of fear that they did what they did.
1: So I think that you, I think we're we're actually making the same point, but just in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't think that we're going to see the fruits mm-hmm. of any you know left leaning gun buyer for a few years. Mm-hmm. But I think that fear is the beginning of a pathway to understanding your freedom. So True. fear, mm-hmm. fear initiates the purchase mm-hmm. of the firearm. Which initiates the necessity to learn about the firearm. Mm-hmm. So you now this guy's calling you, and you're just like, okay, buddy, listen, yeah, I, full auto does not equal accuracy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, number one, um, which is going to initiate a, a whole another many many more conversations on training and (coughs) as he goes through training especially Mm -hmm. with someone like you he's going to start to learn about why the (coughs) second amendment is so important why it's directly (coughs) correlated to the first amendment Mm -hmm. and how we need to have it and i think that so so fear initiates the purchase which initiates the education which initiates the change okay so it always has to be education before legislation Mm -hmm. um so i think we're making the same point yeah, just in different ways. And and you're but you, I think you're absolutely correct is <clears throat> we're not going to see uh, a lot of sort of left leaning firearm purchasers r- make the realization out of their fear, probably until the next election
0: cycle. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that by the way, I, I swallowed my water wrong.
1: <laughs> okay. <fine. laughs>
0: Jara's not making me cry. <laughs> We haven't gotten to that Don't lie to the audience. Don't lie to the audience. (laughs) If anyone could do it, you could do it. (laughs) If anyone could do it, you could do it.
1: You're emotional. Yeah, I get it. It's fine. I was
0: having this conversation with Lola before we did this. I was like, you know, when I I first saw Jara, I was like, oh, yeah, this chick is on the ball. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Thank you. you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that sounds like sexist or whatever, but I think when you see people, one of the things is that... You could t- you could tell who you're dealing with when you're dealing with people, right? Based yeah. on how people are. So, I could always tell when I'm dealing with someone that has an opinion and um, they've they feel very solid in that and they know how to talk to anyone and get into any situation because I've seen people who may seem very aggressive, but there's certain situations where you see them come out and then certain certain situations where they step back and they don't say anything. So I, I always knew. I told Lola, there's no way, man. I, I probably don't even have to say anything. We could have a conversation <laughs> with Jerry. She's going to have a lot of stuff to say with it. And I agree with you. I think we're kind of in the same place. Yeah, you have to get scared first. That's for sure. You do. That's just a human being thing, right? We need to have Absolutely. that fear. Um, I think, like when you said that, what it reminded me of is uh, years ago, before I before I really got into this, I started having uh, like these nightmares. My kids were a lot younger. Now they're 20 and 21, but they were probably, I don't know, three, four years old. And I started having this nightmare that the whole world went to apocalypse mode. And I got separated from Lola and the kids. And I wasn't worried about me. I was worried about them. So I would just have these dreams over and over again where I'm trying to find them. <laughs> You know, and they were always like I would if I would catch up to them, they're out there fending for themselves. And I think it was my brain saying to me, what would your family do without you? Mm -hmm. Right. What would you do if this stuff happened? And that's the place where this thought came to me that I am the one responsible for everything. You know, I need to I need to figure out what's going on. I need to figure out how to defend myself, um, how to take care of myself, fix my problems but I can't do that just for me. I need to make sure that Lola is thinking in, 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 uh, along those lines and that we're passing that on to our kids. Um, so without a doubt, I, I 100% agree with you that um, that fear is is more than just a mind killer, like they said in Dune. I don't know if you're <laughs> I don't know if you're nerdy enough to know about dude, So I'm nerdy enough to
1: know about Dune. Okay, dude. cool.
0: It's more than just the mind killer. I think it's, the, it's you facing that fear and then taking those steps. So the question is, how many Americans out there are going to take those further steps? If they're really scared. So, for example, one of the things that really worried me, um, and especially in the beginning of this, but we've seen it the whole way through, there's lots of, when, when, when the media gets to people, there's lots of black people that say they're getting these guns because they're worried about white people. And it makes me think, okay, I know, I know there's things going on, without a doubt. We can't, we can't deny that. There's people who don't like other people because of the way they look. There's people who do bad things. But if you're doing this solely for that, if someone's convinced you that the boogeyman is every white person out there, Mm-hmm. Then something's massively wrong. It's just like if someone convinces you that the problem, the boogeyman, is every police officer out there. Something's wrong. If someone tells you that it's every Republican or every Democrat, I don't. I don't do anything that I do based on that. Like, oh, I got to get these guns because what about these white people?
2: <laughs> right.
0: You know. <laughs> so that really worried me because I'm thinking, okay, that's fair. Making someone do something. But where's the part where they realize that the more than likely, statistically, the enemy, the person who's going to want to take your freedom, your life, your property away from you is going to look just like you. 100%. That's, that's 100%. statistics. That's not even living in America.
1: Well, and, statist- and statistically, it could be somebody that loves you or that claims to love you. I mean, yeah. if you're talking about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, and you made, you made a couple of really solid points there that, that I want to touch on, you know, first of all, uh, and I've been a huge proponent of this for the last couple of years, blanket statements are bad. Mm -hmm. I, I, I make it a point not to make any kind of blanket statement, not to say things like. the, the, you know, Democrat, because of Democrats, X, Y, Z, right. It can be because of some Democrats or because of Democrats that hold a lot of power or Mm -hmm. because of Republicans, this, or because of black people, that, or because Mm -hmm. of white people that like, or because of cops that, you know, so the whole a cab, you know, thing, Mm -hmm. um, is bad. So, so I try to stay, you know, as a sort of a response, a personal responsibility, I stay away from blanket statements. But Mm -hmm. the second thing that, and probably the most important thing that you said out of all that was you said, you know, I gotta take this on because it's my responsibility because I'm the man and I'm the dad. Mm -hmm. It's probably what you were thinking, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the leader of the family, right? But then you said, but I gotta make sure Lola is thinking this way too. And this is something that I think that if you and if you're an instructor uh watching this podcast, Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to do something with your training curriculum. And here's what it is. You need to start thinking about how your teachings are going to affect people's households. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, because you are teaching something that is insanely important, it's probably one of the most important skills that a set of parents could ever have. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay. And so when you're thinking about that, don't just think about the next class or how many rounds that somebody needs to bring to class or what kind of gear that you're going to, you know, promote out on social media. I started writing workshops. I mm-hmm. started writing that that have absolutely no range time at all. Mm-hmm. I started writing workshops that pertain to time management and marriage. So how? Because I get a lot of husbands that come to me mm-hmm. and they're like, "Look, I'm starting to see the benefit of my wife being with a female trainer for a particular amount of time." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but I really, really need you to reach out to my wife because here's what my wife does she will. And it's affecting their marriage. I mean, people are like on the brink of divorce because there's not consistent safety messages in their marriage to their children. Okay. So it could be that the husband's like super pro gun and super pro safety. And the wife's like, Oh, I don't want guns in the house because the kids could this and the kids could that, you know what I mean? And it's a lot of times it's because she doesn't have the education to understand how technology has advanced, especially over the last decade, when it comes to how you can lock up your guns away from your kids, Mm -hmm. okay? And so I started writing these workshops that parents can come to together where they can learn specifically about how Texas law correlates to the safety of your kids and how you're supposed to, you know, how you're supposed to, you know, store your firearms and how to talk to your kids about guns Mm -hmm. and how to take the curiosity out of it and things like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're an instructor and if you're teaching guns, and especially if you're a married instructor teaching guns and you and your wife or you and your husband, if you're a female instructor, you have these messages. Now you're a marriage counselor. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing it right in your house, and you need to start teaching people how to do it right at their house. Because I had a husband come to me, and he's like, my wife literally pulled over the other day uh, for a man who who was having car trouble with my two toddlers in the Mm backseat. He goes, and I lost my mind. And why wouldn't he? Mm -hmm. She doesn't know him. Mm -hmm. She's got her kids with her. She doesn't know what could happen. I mean, this is literally the setup for every horror movie out there.
0: Um, It's real life, too.
1: You know, and 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 so it's like
0: people have died like that.
1: So I think that if you're an instructor and you're Mm -hmm. watching this, you got to start thinking outside of your physical training Mm -hmm. and you need to start thinking about your mental and mindset training that you are transferring to your students and how are you teaching them or encouraging them or influencing them how to think. So if you're a tactical Tommy instructor and you're like, you know, go for the kill shot all the time. So they can't tell their story Mm -hmm. kind of instructor. You need to start rethinking that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like you should be going for the center mass shot because it's tactically advantageous and safer for you to hit your mark and not kill someone else. That's kind of what you need to be teaching. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to be, you don't need to be teaching because they can't tell their story. Right. And you, So quit poo-pooing people's gear. Quit thinking about the next, you know, tactical Tommy class that you can teach and start giving a little more time about how you're becoming a community advisor for people and their families.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that I could say, and Lolo and I, we don't teach anyone. We're not instructors. You know, this is basically what what I do right here. I entertain the people. Hopefully you, you, you know... Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> There you go, boom. <laughs> um, you know, the thing is, is I think, so marriage, this is a marriage question here, because I know people always say, well, how do you get Lola to shoot with you, blah, blah, blah. First of all, Lola doesn't shoot with me all the time. Um, Lola doesn't, She she's usually in the background, helping out. She's in the background right now. Um, in a lot of videos, she's there in the background, but it doesn't happen that way all the time. And there's no <clears> perfection. So Lola and I are not perfection. But the thing is, is if you're in a relationship with someone, I always and I get I got in trouble for this. I look I would not get married to someone unless this was the way it went. I look at marriage like a business. You're not Mm going to get into a business with a person that you cannot get along with, that you're not on the same wavelength. Okay.
1: on a lot of important things.
0: Yes. yes. It doesn't have to be everything. It really doesn't. Lola and I were arguing before. Uh, I called you up and we started doing this thing, right? So I'm just trying to tell you guys that this is reality here. We don't agree on everything. We're like actually very opposite kinds of people, but we're on the same wavelength. So I think everything that you do, you need to. It starts from there. If you're dealing with, uh, you know, if you're married and you have kids and all that, it's the same wavelength. Husband and wife have to get on the same wavelength with at least with important things, and then the the kids need to get on that wavelength. Um, I remember, so
1: what are the important things though? What are the, what are like top three most important things that you got to agree on for a successful marriage?
0: The top three. I don't know. That's an interesting thing. I think, so I, I don't know. I look at it like I rank everything like this. I put, um, I put my, my family. So I put Lola and the kids and then myself. So I look at it like, okay, we've got, you know, we've got to take care of each other. Okay and then i think after that i think about uh, everything else that comes down line from that so now it's interesting what comes down line from that right i'm going to come down line from that what i want to do with my life and all that kind of stuff what and what are our where are our goals where are we going to okay
1: so i don't, so I don't I think, know if i could
0: I, i'm probably not answering that good right <laughs> Well, I'll because, t- so
1: i'll tell you mine okay. i'll tell you mine mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's faith safety money okay those are the three things that mm-hmm. we, that me and me and my person okay. have to be on the same wavelength on. Now look, mm-hmm. f- f- you know, food, hobbies, you know, things like that. We can totally, we can totally be on opposite spectrums mm-hmm. of the, you know, right. But my faith, my safety agree with that. and how I spend my money mm-hmm. have to be on the same wavelength.
0: Yeah. I think I would agree with that. Yeah. I think I would agree with that. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's good. I don't know. I could, I couldn't put it in my brain exactly like that. Cause I wasn't on that. Uh, on that. <laughs> and, and the
1: reason that is, and the reason that it's that way is mm-hmm. because, you know, I think faith should always come first. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, and then my safety comes second. And that's, that's a book mm-hmm. that I'm actually writing right now is mm-hmm. the Christian principles of self-defense. And okay. what does God's word say about, you know, what, how we're able to defend ourselves physically and then uh, money, because I, you know, and this might sound a little strange, but I give away a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right. So like I have a, you know, a tithing thing going on and I have a nonprofit, you know, things like that. And so I use funds for a lot of different things. And so whoever's with me has to be super comfortable with, you know, we may not live like a rich, lavish life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because my, my community efforts are much more important to me than, you know, how much money that I have in the bank. okay? You know, so, and it's not that I don't, save money or that, I'm, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing that, you know, really got me through COVID was, mm-hmm. you know, having that cushion, having that savings account, but I'm also not like hoarding money in my mattress, you know, when I can I, I can't take it to the grave with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about, you know, like helping out people in my community. Oh, okay. And I, and I think that, mm-hmm. and I think that if more people had a mindset like that. If mm-hmm. if we could be, you know, the the church more a better church in our community, we wouldn't have a government that's trying to impose ninety different taxes on
0: us all the time. Yeah, like yeah. no, I see what you're saying. First of all, I think when it comes to money, so I'm going to be a completely weird person probably to a lot of people out there. My philosophy on money as a dude has always been this, and. I don't know. I guess I, I don't know if I that's from my parents because I don't really think that they got down like that. Any kind of money that I make now when I was single, completely different thing here. Right. Do whatever I want to do. From the day I met Lola, if I made a dime, it's all hers. And <laughs> I try to figure out what I can get back out of it. <laughs> so that's how I, I'm just trying to tell you something. This is how I look. This is you, how I look. At you money. are
1: so smart. You are so. <laughs> it's smart. not. It's not being smart. It's not.
0: The, I'm not trying to say that to you to try to be. You can ask Lola. I've always been like that before we got married. When we met each other, um, we started living together. When I made and actually Lola was in school. Uh, she was working, but she was mostly in school, and I was the one mostly working. Um, so I, I, you know, I made uh, the money back then. I was the I was the sugar daddy back then. Um, but the thing is, is that I would make money and I would give it to Lola and I might take some money to get gas <laughs> and maybe eat something. And, and I'm just I've just always been like that. And I found that 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 works. And I think it works because of the kinds of risks that I take. So I think to be I think in a relationship, there's certain things you have to give up to each other. You have to look at the other person and go, what am I going to give up to this person that I feel because we're both very strong people. I think we're both alphas, me and Lola, right? We're like that. So whatever mm-hmm. arguments we have usually comes out of that. Like, she wants to boss me around, and I'm like, no, you're not the boss of me. I'm the boss. Then that's how we <laughs> argue, right? But there's certain things you just have to give up to each other. If, if you feel like this person knows or understands that, you have to give it up to them. And I'm just saying that, to me, money's one of those things. Because just me as a guy, I'm. Um, I don't know what's a good way to say it. If I'm more risk averse or whatever, but I will take risks with money yes, because I'm, yeah, my I my, will too. my brain I will tells too. me, oh, you can whatever you can make money. If you're yeah. if you're alive, you can make money and you could do that, whatever you want to do. That's how
1: I feel. I'm like you can make more money, but you can't get more time.
0: No. So yeah. I got to
1: fit. You know. So I'm not worried. I'm not as worried about the money as I am about the. Yeah
0: you know about the time so uh, so good (laughs) so i don't know if that that, we did a lot yeah (laughs) yeah but that's just me q james says uh damn hank tells a lot about you mr strange well that's the reason people always wondering about me like how come lola people always say how come lola lets you do that that's a crazy (laughs) that's always a crazy question to me i don't understand what you're talking about you know, and I think it is that ultimately to me, like, I think like I said to you, I care about my family like Lola and the kids. I care about their health and their security and all that kind of stuff. If you're a dad, if you're a man out there and you do, or if you're the breadwinner and the, or, and the other person is more uh, like financially minded, let's say, right? You know, I think that person should be in charge of the money. And then you do you you do what you need to do. Whatever I need to do, work, I go. Work hey, Lola, within I need to your do strengths. This. Yeah, exactly. Work
1: within your strengths. Exactly. Absolutely. You know.
0: Plus, it makes it easier when you do crazy stuff like me. You know, Lola <laughs> knows I'm not like uh, pulling off any uh, tricks or anything like that. So Vanessa Kitty says, "How much money is enough?" My my answer is going to be, "They never." That's the one of the problems with money, and it's a made up thing. It's like. Um, for a long time, for most of our existence as human beings, and I'm not sure where you come down on, on, on this particular thing, but however long that's been, millions of years or whatever, we didn't have money. Right?
1: Yeah, we had barter. We bartered.
0: Yeah, we bartered things. Um, so this concept of money is most, it's in the mind. So even maybe in the beginning of money, it was based on some like. Um, precious metal or something like that i don't it's it's definitely not that anymore so i think especially with that going on there isn't there isn't any kind of level that oh this is enough it's just you know if so in other words if you're like oh if i had a million dollars that would be enough money when you get there you're gonna be like no you'll want more yeah i think i need a hundred million so
1: so it has to be it has to be less about the question really isn't how much money it's just how much mm-hmm. do you need? That's the question. So when I was in my twenties and I was in the oil and gas business and I was making a ton of money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I had the house, you know, I bought a house and I had t- you know, several cars and I had, you know, jet skis and all kinds of, you know, <laughs> like two closets worth of clubs and got all this stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, when, you know, I was engaged at the time and I was like, God, you know, when I was looking, I remember, sitting down and looking at all the things that I had to gather for my taxes. And just out of sheer curiosity, I calculated my tax burden Mm -hmm. and I was paying more to insure my things than my mortgage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that was kind of a big light for me. And I was like, I need to make a change. And so I, I sold like broke up with this dude because we did, we clearly didn't have the same values when it came to money um, or any more at least. Okay. So broke up with the dude, sold the house, sold the jet ski, sold the car, sold stuff. Okay. And now I live s- such a minimalist life mm-hmm. that I could literally pack everything I own in about five hours.
2: Oh wow. Okay.
1: And I can, and I can just pick up and go and that, but now, but that's the kind of life. Well, five hours is a long leave. time.
0: That's not 90 seconds. Like in the movie, Heat. you know, like so. right. Right. That's so, that's but I can a long literally time, take Tara.
1: everything I own and I can, and I can live in a, you know, I can live in a small space.
2: Yeah, no, I And understand so that. that's
1: what I wanted is I didn't want to have a bunch of things that I had to spend waste, wasting money, insuring things when I could be using that money. Mm-hmm to better my community or I could funnel that money into my nonprofit and I could use that to teach, you know, low income women and single moms how to defend themselves like that. So you have to, so how much money is not the question. It's just how much, and then attaching yourself, you know, to a purpose, yeah. I think is a big part of that too.
0: Okay. And I would say if we're going to rank some stuff here, I don't know how you rank these things. I put like uh, happiness, you know, health, wisdom wisdom then wealth right so happiness is always the most important thing now happiness is all of these things are more complicated than just a word happiness i think has to do with your spirituality your beliefs you know it's happiness is a moving kind of thing and and it's not the same for everyone i think what would make lola happy is not what would make me happy it'll make her happy if i do the dishes or cook, or rub her feet, or something <laughs> like that, you know, my happiness, completely, you know, different thing. So I think, you know, and then that's why I say, like, happiness, health, you need, you do actually need your health, whether, yep. whether you want, you know, you're just not going to be able you, to function. Because
1: if you don't have it, you're not living. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Um, and then I think wisdom, wisdom is an important thing. Um, I, and and then comes the wealth thing. But the truth of the matter is, is like, Um, there's lots of people that have all the money in the world and they're not not happy. There's people who have no money and they have some kind of happiness. Most of us are going to be somewhere in the middle of that. And I think it really comes down to, you know, uh, like, for example, guns, right? We're into guns. So, you know, is there a number of how many guns are going to actually make you happy? I think ultimately that's how many guns... Can you actually enjoy for whatever reason you enjoy them? If it's training, just shooting, competition, you know, or just owning it, that's, you know, it's always, li- it's always going to be limited to what you can actually see and put your hands on if you want to quantify something. Absolutely. If that, if that I agree, makes 100%. any sense. Yeah.
1: And I love that. I love that. Happiness, health. And then it was, uh, um, wisdom, wisdom and wealth. wealth.
0: Yeah. To me. Yeah. To me. I like that. Yeah.
1: I'm going to write that down. Yeah.
0: And I'm far from a guru or anything like that don't ever listen to me if you really if you if Lola was talking to you right now she would tell you there's a reason why she runs the money you know? if I and that's why
1: it's so low on your list
0: well if I had a hundred million dollars I would first of all like I said give it all to Lola and then I would beg her for 50 million and then that 50 million I'm gonna try to see if I could do like a hundred million dollar deal that's how my brain works you know, it's not. That's not. That is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Okay, listen. If you um, uh, actually, Harry Holster says uh, obtaining things are more fun than owning them. So that's a. I, He's
1: got a point. Yeah,
0: there's certain He's things I'm point. not into anymore, and I think yeah. I saw someone here saying it: as you get older. So there's certain things, like I think when I was younger, I thought a home was really important. And a lot of America, first of all, like for me, uh, coming from another country, I think definitely this happened. Uh, my parents and, you know, I, I was born in Guyana, which is a very socialist uh, kind of place, uh, somewhere between socialism and communism. Um, and they the people there could be very intelligent, very educated, but my parents never really taught me about money. You know, and so then growing up here, it kind of like I saw everyone thought that their home, that was the most valuable thing. And I think even Lola and I got into that kind of a thing. But over time, I came to realize like a home could actually be this massive burden, because what you always have to ask yourself about the things that you own or your possessions that you have. It's kind of like rich dad, poor dad. Do these things feed you or do they eat you?
1: Uh huh.
2: This and I don't I don't own
1: a home right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, in my you know, where I'm at in my journey, um, I don't I don't look at owning a home as something that I feel like is a necessity for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a uh, it would be a burden for me mm-hmm. right now,
0: especially if, so you're you still, to really if you're still young so, and moving around yeah, and doing stuff. And yeah. now you got to sell it. If you if you want to move, you got to do this. Yeah. You know, you, gotta so taxes. you got to pay you. You can't.
1: You can't let the PC rules of society dictate your life. Mm-hmm. You got to do, you know, you got to do you. So if you want to go live in an RV,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Go live in an RV or go get a roommate or go, you know, live in a, you know, get an apartment if that's what you want. Rent if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously you need to educate yourself on money. I think we're doing our kids a huge disservice. Mm-hmm. You know, on that right now, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of money education that that should be going on in homes that's not going
0: on. Yeah. Do you have kids? No. No. Okay. No. Um. What's your What's your background? If you don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. So so, and I think some people were asking earlier. Although we're gonna get into some other stuff here. Were you in the military? Kind of like, you know, who is Jarrah Hutchins?
1: Oh man. So this is, um, it, it's really interesting. So I grew up in a military family, um, but I'm not military mm-hmm. yet. So, okay. um, I wanted to, that's a mysterious I tried yet, to, yet
0: right there that you just, yet. Threw out. yeah, we're
1: going to get there. So I didn't, uh, I tried to go into the Marine Corps when I was 18 and my mom had a cow, mm-hmm. not a cow, the whole farm.
0: Mm-hmm
1: the whole farm came out.
0: Right. Goals. And so some little, um some little goats, yeah, some all little of them. chickens yeah. here. They okay.
1: Everything came out, okay. <laughs> so I didn't go into the marine corps. Then uh when I was 36, mm-hmm. 37, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh I tried to go into the air force mm-hmm. and they wouldn't take me because I don't have any peripheral vision on the right side of my face. Okay. So, which was which was mind blowing because I had like a 91 ASVAB score. Okay. And um, I passed. I went to MEPS four times. Passed all the physical stuff. So literally, when they came back, they said, "It's we can't do. We can't have you in the in the military with if you don't have any peripheral vision." Okay. Which was mind blowing. So my my recruiter was floored. So I decided um, uh, last month to go into the Texas State Guard. Okay. Uh, which is not federal military state military. So the only the only person that can activate me is going to be the governor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: okay. Um, so I swear in on October 17th oh, uh, awesome. to go Texas State Guard okay. and um, you'll see me I'm gonna be shooting in the governor's 20 next year. Okay. So uh, we're not we're not a military force that is armed, Mm -hmm. uh, but we can still shoot in the governor's 20s. So I'm going to go smoke some people next year. and It's going to be fun. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah. So then um, I so I come from a military family. Um, My eighth great grandfather was actually uh, Tanner Creason, who was the leader of the Iroquois Confederacy. Uh, and spoke for the six nations and, uh, was George Washington's translator. So I'm native American on my grandmother's side. And then on my grandfather's side, I'm Sicilian. Uh, and then my grandparents on my father's side are from Ireland. Okay. Uh, so really cool. Kind of just, yeah, you got you know, you're Sicilian,
0: up. you know, you know what they say about yeah. those Sicilians. No, it's,
1: oh yeah. The yeah. mom and the no. family, you know what yeah. I mean? We got five families. I grew up in New York, <laughs> so I, I dealt with a
0: lot <laughs> of Sicilians. <laughs>
1: Uh, so I came up in a, I came up in a household that respected the second amendment and Mm -hmm. then, uh, but I, I didn't really get super into it until, um, you know, in my early twenties, um, you know, I had a stalker Mm -hmm. and I started to think to myself, you know, what would I do if I wasn't home? You know, how would I protect myself? You never know, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, and then I started to get into the handgun game. So I was a, a competition shotgun shooter, uh, competition rifle, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in my teens and then I didn't get into the handguns until I was 20. And so when I was going through my handgun training, it was a very uncomfortable experience because I was being trained by people who were honestly just bored with me. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want to train a woman. You know what I mean? It wasn't fun to train a woman because, you know, I wasn't going to get plated up. I wasn't going to, you know, have my tactical care, you know, mm-hmm. my carry shit, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't going to do any of that stuff, or at least they didn't think I was going to do any of that stuff. Okay. Um, but I wanted to get that education because I was really, I had really become obsessed with pr- protecting myself. Mm-hmm. And so then after I went through that training and I was starting to go to the gun range by myself and I was co- kind of putting it out, you know, on social media and then I was, it was coming up in conversations with my girlfriends. They were like, take me to the range. So I would take them to the range and I would teach them and then they would tell their friends and they would tell their family and so on and so forth. And word of mouth is a very powerful thing. So before I knew it, I had a part-time sort of side hustle Mm -hmm. teaching people how to shoot guns. Mm -hmm. And then in 2017, I decided that I wanted to go and get my license to carry certification Uh, so that I could teach people so I could certify people to carry guns in Texas on their body. Uh, and they told me at the department of public safety where I took the class that I would never make a full-time living doing it. And I told them they were out of their minds because they, they don't know how to identify an underserved market.
0: Mm -hmm. That was your motivation. uh, I take it.
1: That was my motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I came back to, I did the, I did the class over the weekend and then I came back to Texas or, I mean, I'm sorry, I came back to Dallas. And, uh, immediately stood up, uh, clearing the chamber as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm at on Instagram and Facebook is at clearing the chamber.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, I was busy. I thought, you know, okay, well, this is going to take some time to ramp up because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a couple classes a month. Maybe, um, when I rolled it out at the end of November, I had 28 classes mm. in December. Okay. I had 28 classes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I still, so, so being business minded, you know, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He was a small business owner Mm -hmm. and, um, he kind of taught me about that kind of stuff. So I stood up pricing plans for single students, couples, small groups, large groups, um, you know, and I would write curriculum. Uh, so I, a lot of people in my family have, you know, like My aunt's a mystery novelist. My grandmother was a poet. Um, So we're writers, you Mm -hmm. know, and once upon a time, I wanted to be a journalist. And so I just started writing my own curriculum. I just started taking things that I learned and I started formulating it into a curriculum that was good for women, Um, that that I'm a woman, so I know how they learn. Uh, But I also was trained by men, grew up in a military family. So I understand how it actually works.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So that was the benefit is I can take the how it works and not make it boring for women because women don't want to sit in a class and learn about the anatomy of a firearm. That's boring to them. Mm -hmm. Right. But then the the mistake that men make when they're trying to teach women how to shoot is they do everything for them. I can't tell you how many how many women I have that come to me that were like, well, my husband already always did this, and mm-hmm. then he just hands me the gun and I shoot it. Yeah, and I'm like, so he's that's teaching terrible. you marksman, <laughs> he's teaching you marksmanship and nothing else. Yeah, right. So yeah. there's steps before that's the like marksmanship. Dri- that's like
0: I, I equate that. And sorry, I'm not. I don't want to interrupt you, but no, you're great. I equate that to driving a car, but you can't pump your own gas. <laughs> right, and I've seen it. <laughs> You or know?
1: you don't understand the maintenance behind the car, or yeah. you're not you're not you know you're buying a car you don't understand that there's insurance involved and yeah. the car payment right you know, the dynamics like
0: I mean I remember one time I saw there was a couple and the I guess it was the woman's car and she was driving and the boyfriend or whatever said I'm not going to put pump your gas you have to do it yourself and I literally me and a whole bunch of other people were watching her just curse this guy out because he wouldn't yeah. pump the gas. And I think it's like that, you know. Ultimately, everyone's uh, everyone's defense is on them, you know. And you don't have anything that you can't defend. So as a woman, you know, that's that's really the superpower. I think if you look at a lot of, um, if you look at a lot of what's going on in the movies and everything, they kind of just make people think they have superpowers because they exist. But you've got to you've got to work for that. Right.
1: Absolutely. And so I, I I so I think that what I've done, I mm-hmm. think that what I've been successful at is getting women to geek out over the stuff that they don't really want to geek out about when it Mm -hmm. comes to guns. Right. So you've got to deliver it in a way that's not condescending, that's not intimidating and that's not boring. Mm -hmm. And if you can if you can do that, uh, then then you get women to come in and want Mm -hmm. to spend time doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. but you got to put them on a plan women want a plan. Mm-hmm. They want a checklist and they want a plan. Mm-hmm. When do I, when do I, where do I start and when am I considered an experienced shooter? And what do I need to do in between? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to send them a list, right? Of mm-hmm. uh, So when I do, when I do my introduction to handgun classes, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they do that is they go, okay, well, this is all the stuff that you need to bring to intro to handgun. Mm-hmm. No, you need to provide, you need to price it such a way and you need to provide everything because remember it's intro to handgun. Mm-hmm. Okay. so, yeah, yeah, they don't necessarily have one. Yeah. So if you send them a list of shit to bring, they're not going to know what half that stuff is. And they might get the wrong stuff. And now they've wasted money. And you now you don't have enough supplies Mm -hmm. for the class. You've also made it a whole
0: thing before. You made it a thing. Right.
1: So I want my. So when I teach introduction to handgun, all they got to do is show up. Mm -hmm. All I tell them to do is show up. Wear close toed shoes, avoid low-cut tops, and bring a good attitude. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to do. I provide everything else because I want to show you what you need. I'm going to give you a gear list when you leave so that you know you need the range bag and maybe the speed loader because speed loaders save manicures. Okay? Mm-hmm. So maybe you need that. And maybe you need your eye and ear protection and then you, and now you get to try all these different guns. So you get to decide what's going to work best for you instead of the 38 special that every husband and brother and, you know, father seem to default to.
0: So you mean you don't tell the women, like I tell Lola that the problem is her nails. You got to get rid of those. You know, no, that's bad. So there's a difference (laughs) between
1: nails and a manicure. Okay. Okay. So like Uh that's a manicure. Hold on.
0: Okay. Let me see it again.
1: so that's a manicure All right, right there. There you go. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but but you can't have them long ass nails mm-hmm. that you're gonna scratch eyeballs out with. Okay, you can't. That's gonna be tough for you to. It's gonna get stuck on the trigger guard, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna be, there is a little bit of a lifestyle change that has to happen Mm -hmm. if you're going to be somebody that totes around a gun all the time. Yeah. Um, And one of the lifestyle changes is you got to cut them nails a little shorter.
0: Yeah. Let me get a quick question in here because James Miller gave us, uh, he gave us 10 bucks here to ask this question. He says, Mr. Hank, Kathleen Music Lover needs to know what pistol Jarrah shoots. Boom. There you go. So thanks to both of you. Hi.
1: Um, I, I have several, um, so guns and, uh, gear have kind of become like accessories to me, like, like necklaces and earrings. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, if I'm just running around every day in jeans and, you know, tennis shoes or boots or whatever, um, I'm probably going to carry the Glock 43. Uh, if I'm wearing a dress, I'm probably, uh, and I'm carrying in a thigh holster, I'm probably going with the Sig 238. Uh, Recently purchased a 365 and love it. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe going to integrate that in as my new sort of everyday carry. Um, But I also um, have really become super excited about the Smith & Wesson uh, Easy Shield series. So uh, I don't personally carry that every day, but I have put it in my introduction handgun inventory because there's a lot of women out there that don't have a lot of hand strength or they're arthritic or they have some other, you know, carpal tunnel issues and they can't really get a slide back and forth. And mm-hmm. those guns, man, kudos to Smith and Wesson for that. Mm-hmm. Um, those guns have come on the market and really kind of changed the semi-auto game for women who have hand issues. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, and then, you know, women with hand issues typically will default uh to a revolver Revolver, yeah and and then they and then they hate that too because of that painfully long trigger pull so they're trading one painful element for another and that's not cool so uh Mm -hmm. the smith and wesson easy shield series has really kind of solved that problem
0: yeah if you're going to build guns for women which i get it but um i'm not saying that's the way to go necessarily but if you're going to do it then actually build it for what women want don't go let's make some pink guns
1: yeah you got to yeah you got to think way more than <laughs> than the optics and the aesthetics of it yeah. right you got to get into what are the problems that women are having and mm-hmm. look the, the easy shield series isn't just for women there are a lot of men mm-hmm. that have those problems too yeah. especially as men age and they start to deal with arthritis issues and things like that mm-hmm. um one one student that I had. And I didn't put this on social media because she wanted to keep this super private. um, But I I had a student, you know, three weeks ago that I taught who didn't have all of her fingers. Mm. And so the easy shield was super easy for her because she could rack it with two fingers. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You know, so
1: we have to think about people with disabilities. There are a
0: lot of people and I hear from those people all the time, men, women. So for sure, I think that that definitely is a good way to go, you know, and everyone doesn't want to do the revolver thing. Um, also I would say to you that I mean I, I agree 100% with what you're saying about uh, women and how they, tip, how they want to be trained and I think that not every guy wants to go to that um, you know that super militarized trainer either I don't want to do that you know I, I have a problem with that when there's trainers out there that act like they're military and then everyone around them acts like they're it, it, to me it just makes me go yeah I don't really want to do this Well, I I think
1: people, yeah, I think people get off on the story. mm -hmm. Like they want, you know, they want to take, if they're going to train guns, Mm -hmm. they want to train with somebody who has a story, right? Mm -hmm. Like a combat vet or, you know, somebody that's been in, you know, that's been in law enforcement who maybe has, has seen a little action. Mm -hmm. And I, and I get that. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand it. Mm -hmm. It's just, but just because they've done that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a good trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, It does mean they have a good story but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a good trainer yeah. and so it's, um, it is, it's partially about how the student wants to be trained. Um, but you also have to come, you also have to slide into and train them in the way that they need to be trained. And so if you've got a high anxiety person, um, and I get a lot of women that are high anxiety, I mean, they'll literally walk on the range and start crying. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but they're looking for somebody that's going to be kind to them and patient with them and get them where they need to be, where they can kind of overcome, that anxiety. And so you got to train them how they need to be trained, but then you also have to get them to the point where you train them into accountability. And so that's one thing that I think that I do is I'm, I'm following up with people. I'm sending, I had to hire an assistant, right? Because I'm backlogged right now. So she's got to do all my scheduling because I need to get back to the point where I'm following up with my students and going, have you gotten this done yet? Mm -hmm. Are you, what's your time management looking like? Are you thinking about holster options? Um, You know, and holding them accountable. And then when they come back to train with me, I quiz them on the things they learned before. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't know the things they learned before, why aren't you studying that? So I think that women, especially um, and and I I think men, too, but my, my business is mostly women. Women should be spending at least four hours a month. Mm hmm doing, doing stuff with their gun. Right. Mm-hmm. And that can, you can do that in a multitude of ways. You can spend 10, 15 minutes every other day doing dry fire exercises at home with your gun. You can go take a two hour workshop. You can go sit through a license to carry mm-hmm. class. Um, you can, you can spend that time reading current events, mm-hmm. uh, where people have themselves count? with their guns, no. YouTube videos. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you need to, like, especially cause I tell women too, you need to be going to the school of YouTube to look at ballistics mm-hmm. because you're not, a lot of gun owners aren't learning ballistics. How many layers of sheetrock is the 12 gauge going to go through versus the 9 millimeter versus the 45 versus the 223? Mm-hmm. Like you need to know that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, with, especially if it's a platform that you own. Mm-hmm. So there's a big education out there when it comes to guns, and you can do a lot of it in the comfort of your own home. You just gotta know how to and you've got to be accountable to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. What I was saying though, with um, you know, with the there's this whole thing. I, there's lots of people that I've trained with that have been in the military, been in law enforcement, have done both of those things, and i trained with them. They don't have, there's this weird attitude that I see happening a lot, right? Where, um, and it's not, I don't think it's just the way that you dress, but it's certain people are doing this for some kind of super ego boost, you know? And I prefer a more casual like environment, right? If we're, If we're not on a war footing, I don't want to be on the war necessarily on that war footing. And I think that a lot of the uh the 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 uh bravado or whatever's going along with that, it's it's very dangerous and I see people getting together and then it becomes like a pecking order or some kind of ranking thing and everyone that kind of thing I think is turning off a lot of guys. I'm speaking from a guy point of view. Sure, I'm sure most women out there don't want that either, but a lot of guys don't want that. We want to go and train, and I respect the fact if you actually were in combat, or you were in a situation where your life was uh, on the line, um, but but you're cool about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not, like, I'm not paying you for that. I can respect that, and I can appreciate that, but I'm not paying you for that, or I'm not paying you to have some kind of, like, badge, oh, you know, I, I roll with this, because... I think just all of that leads to um, a really bad place. To me, me personally, well, it's very, so. it's,
1: it's very prideful. It's a very prideful place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go into this because I did I did share this video with you. Um, you know, and see, we, we were worried like oh, we didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't even. I
1: never worry about having anything. to Yeah, talk
0: about. <laughs> I was, I wasn't worried. I was not worried. Trust me. So if you. Um, if you do a search, which I'm going to pull up a search here and show you guys, where's my, uh, where, where did I do mine here? Hold on one second. Um, if you search Florida Man, you're going to see this story that I'm about to talk about here. So, and I think I, you looked at this video, right? So there was a guy here in Florida. Um, I think I saw Guns and Gear share this video, and I'm just going to go through a little bit of it. There was a guy in Florida on the road that uh, got into an incident he's recording himself and if you look at this video at this point where he's shooting yeah. in his own car he's doing 100 miles an hour
1: he's got a dash cam too right yeah I think this That's is a pickup
0: he... this is a pickup truck from what I could see here um, and what happened the story just to go through the story with folks here there was someone in a looks like a Nissan Z that bumped that there was some kind of road rage thing I think he brake checked this guy and maybe he flipped this guy the bird and then the guy was behind him um and the guy bumped him in the in the like bumped into the back of his car which they're showing right now um you know uh okay here i think it's coming up the guy bumps the back of a pickup truck with, and he's driving a nissan z that doesn't make sense and somehow this guy and then the guy maybe shows a gun or something like that puts a gun out the window or something to scare him this guy is driving along and just casually decides yeah i'm gonna start shooting through my windshield here um <laughs> so i don't know if the folks out there have seen this let us know if you've seen it if you haven't seen it um you can easily look it up it's called driver Shoots through windshield on freeway in uh in self-defense i guess it's what it's saying here um what did you think about this Gerald? let's start there did you oh take a look at this?
1: my god like <laughs> i i have so many questions okay so mm. i, I want to know like does this guy have a carry permit for the gun? And the reason that I asked this is because did he get any kind of education or is he just carrying this gun to carry this gun? When did he start recording on the dash cam? Did he, does he just r- run around recording himself all day long on a dash cam or did he turn this on after the guy started, you know, weaving in and out? So or bumping let, yeah. in the back So let the me car, set this. You know? This
0: was in Florida. It was on a Florida highway. I believe in the Orlando area Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. There, I and this guy seems like he just has a dash cam that's running all the time. It's recording uh, a lot of data because it was putting how fast he was going, uh, and maybe he was driving fast because of what was happening here. But this happened on the highway, and this guy turned this footage in, and he wasn't. There were no charges pressed against him at this point. There haven't been any charges, so
1: there should be.
0: Um. Yeah. So you know the the weird thing about this is um, I'm gonna say that someone needs to look at this more closely for sure now if you I don't know how much danger a pickup truck is in from a from a Nissan from like a Z a Nissan Z and if the guy bumps you on the highway or you get into any situation like let's let's forget about who you know who flipped to the bird or anything like that if someone decides, to bump your car with their car on the highway that's very dangerous right there you probably if you know regardless of whether it's your fault their fault you should be probably dialing 911 at that point I would oh,
1: think Oh 100%. I mean yeah. if if they were if they're going to charge the police officer in Brianna Taylor's case with mm-hmm. wanton endangerment mm-hmm. this that's what needs to happen here mm-hmm. because there is no I can't think of a single solitary reason why you need to open fire on the open road. Yeah. Why you should be shooting out of your vehicle at another vehicle.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, cuz there's other cars, there's, it's happen. broad daylight. It's broad daylight yeah. and and there's and all the cars in front of them. Well, um, and of
1: course, and what's the fourth rule of gun safety? Know your target what lies in front of and behind it, you know? And so mm-hmm. there was a so there was a road rage incident that happened in Washington state. Uh, a girl named Aubrey Taylor, uh, she came and spoke at one of my classes. She was she was knocked off her motorcycle by someone in standstill traffic, and he started beating the crap out of her. And um, he was much, much bigger than she was, and so she pulled her gun out and shot him in the stomach and killed him. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, justifiable because she wasn't necessarily – she was point-blank range. Like he was on mm-hmm. top of her trying to choke her out. She pulls her gun out of appendix and shoots him in the stomach. Mm-hmm. To me, that's justifiable because he was, there was no one else that was necessarily in danger yeah. of that. He's opening fire from his vehicle. He's got a passenger. There's cars you can see when the dash cam switches. You can see all the other cars mm-hmm. on the open road in front of him. And he just starts shooting wildly out of his windshield. Yeah. And I don't even think he hit the guy.
0: No, I don't think – so uh, So there's a whole bunch of different things going on here. Shooting out of a windshield, I don't know whether or not you've done that or not. You're a trainer. I'm going to assume you've done some kind of stuff like that. And I know yes. it's getting dark out there.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go in the house. But keep yeah. talk, keep talking.
0: Um, so shooting out of a windshield, and I've done that, it's not very effective unless the per- there's an actual person in front of you very close to you right? So correct. once you start shooting at the windshield and depending what you're shooting at that windshield with and all that kind of stuff, yes, it's going to do things. And I see people saying that if you're going to, if you're in, I'm not saying there's no situation where you would do that. Um, that, that I would only do something like that if I really, really, really had to do it. And I doubt I would be doing that while I'm doing a hundred miles an hour on the highway. Um, correct. Yeah. And, and it has to be a person there. If you're shooting, if you're shooting at like, through your windshield at a car that also has a windshield, that's probably not going to be effective. And you have no yeah. idea where those rounds are going down the road. You know? Correct. So I think, that's, I think that's very dangerous. And they just, uh, this guy got lucky that no one got injured on that road. I wouldn't be surprised if some people uh, found some bullet holes or something in their car that they have no clue how it, how it got there.
1: Well, and what ammunition was he using? I mean, did he did he have hollow points? Did he have Full Metal Jacket in there? Yeah, um, that's know. something to consider too. Yeah. And I think that um, you know, now did he? And, and another question that I have too is, did he release this footage on yeah, social media he or, did. or did some? Okay, so to me, that also speaks to the fact that I think he was looking to go viral. He was looking Probably. for attention. He was looking, you know, and he. I think that. But he, he looked may like he was under, in
0: operator mode to me as well in that thing, like. Yeah. There wasn't, I didn't, so whether that's good or bad, I know some people might say, oh, he's got the right, this is Florida, I live in Florida, you do have the right to defend yourself. I don't know if this guy was in a situation, even if someone puts a gun out the window to defend themselves, someone bump checking you on the highway, call 911, okay? Um, If they're putting a gun out the window, call 911 before you do anything. If you have to defend yourself, defend yourself. But if two cars are moving, and one of them is a pickup truck, Pickup truck beats little Nissan Z car.
1: (laughs) Well, but not even that. I mean, if you look at how it went down, you know, he was, um, you know, he was bump checked and then the car went around him and was leaving. So if you look at, you know, if that happened in Texas, I think that that would fall under... Uh, you know, you can't, ju- you can't use force or deadly force for somebody that's going away from you. Mm-hmm. So that person had gone around and was going away from him, mm-hmm. whether they produced a firearm or not was pretty irrelevant at that time because he had the choice to slow down. Mm-hmm. He could have slowed down. He could have exited off the highway. He could have created distance between he and that car. And also that car was speeding heavily away from him. So there was no point in shooting him at that time. Mm-hmm. There was a one there was not one ounce of a reason that he had to open fire on it on the open road like that. And I think oh. it was ridiculous. I think it was irresponsible. Um, I think it was heinous. And I think he should have charges filed against him. I think that he and I think he was stupid for releasing that footage on the Internet, thinking that people this that people were going to go, oh, you're so badass or go you or that the Second Amendment community would even remotely support that and god i hope they don't
0: i don't know anyone i i mean that's a good question we could find out if someone would support that i don't know that that guy was in so look the fact that they bumped his car that's definitely some kind of insurance issue and definitely some sort of assault right and if you have this tracked by, by the fact that you have any... I mean, he obviously has two dash cams, right? So he's got one looking behind him and one looking in front of him. You have this evidence. You need to forward this to the cops with those guys' license plates. It's highly likely, the first thing I thought, and I'm going to tell you guys just... And if you... By the way, if you just search Florida Man, you're going to see this nonsense. So that's the easy way, because this guy is now like Florida Man of the Year or something. Um, but it's highly likely, the first thing when I looked at this, I thought... For those guys to be in that car, bumping into a pickup truck on the highway that's at speed, that's probably a stolen car. So in other words, like, would you be in your car and someone cuts you off or flips you the bird and then you use your car to bump them? What would you do? No. Yeah. No. So that that is, um, you know, that's. That, that's something. So without a doubt, that's something that the, the folks in the other car did. But if they're really that crazy, there's a lot of different things going on here. And if you could avoid that situation of getting into, like you're now dumping a magazine out your, your front windshield, I would try to avoid that. Like call 911, you know, tell them you're on the highway. This is what's happening. If you can, get out of there. And they will track that person down, right? They're aware of what highway... That this is on and all that kind of stuff, and they could do something about that that you don't have to get involved in. So this person put the the gun out the window. If they're not firing at you, you don't need to be firing at them over that. But even if they're trying to shoot at you and you're all on the highway and you're going this fast, you're in a pickup truck and they're in that car. Correct. You know, they're in that little car. So um, there's a a lot that can go on here. But if you wind up Having one of those rounds go through your windshield and um, hit a, a, a car that's in front of you with a little kid or something like that in it, or anyone, someone's mom, dad, brother or sister or whatever, and that and then you take that person out, they crash whatever, maybe even more people get injured out of that. Where's I don't know. I don't know where the rationale is for that. I don't know where I wouldn't have a lot of understanding for that unless you guys were stopped on the highway. So if, if for some reason someone forces me to stop on the highway and they're approaching, and this is what I think we see in, in situations when cops do that, right? Maybe someone's approaching them like out of their car, the cop's still in their car, that person's approaching them, shooting at them. Okay, maybe I could see why you're shooting through your windshield. This guy just went to that like he trained for it or he was dreaming about it, you know, and it wasn't even or a thing.
1: <laughs> he was a desperate fool that wanted to go viral. I mean, mm-hmm. that was it was not good decision making. And mm-hmm. you know, this is this is really a testament on why it's so mm-hmm. important to teach mindset yeah. Uh, to influence your students on when you're supposed to be shooting mm-hmm. and when you're not supposed to be shooting because self-defense has to be deployed with wisdom intact all the time. Mm-hmm. Not sometimes, not every now and then, not when you feel like it. It has to be deployed with wisdom and tact every single time because you have to think about so much more mm-hmm. than just you when you're in public like that. Yeah. Um, you've got to think about your target and you have to know what lies before and after it. Mm-hmm. And I will I will personally uh, be extremely disappointed if charges aren't filed against this person.
0: Yeah, Vanessa Kitty is asking me, why do I care about someone else's vehicle? How the heck do I know they're, they're a criminal? I don't think it's that. What I'm saying to you is that if these guys, to me, someone in, a, in, a, in, in their vehicle— that's willing to risk their vehicle bumping into me and all that. It's probably not their vehicle. And what I'm saying to you, if there's some guys in a little car like this that are willing to bump you, these guys Mm -hmm. are serious. And that's why I'm saying there's nothing wrong with you thinking like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in some stuff right now and I may have to defend myself. But these guys are pretty serious if they're on the highway chasing down a pickup truck, okay? With a with a little car and they're out there bumping it and doing all that kind of stuff, and you're not you know it's the, the highway is not necessarily Mogadishu. If you're if you're in danger, I get it, right? If you feel like you're in danger, but I don't know that that person was in immediate danger from these people. Definitely, I can tell you one
1: hundred percent they weren't. One
0: hundred percent, he wasn't. The
1: car maybe, was going maybe away if from he him. St-
0: maybe if these guys were crazy enough to do what they're doing and he stopped, he could have been in trouble. Right. If these were some if these were some criminals or something and they stole this car and they don't care. But this wasn't a situation where he was stopped, where he had them like pulled over or something like that. This is you're on the highway. There's other people down there. You're shooting through your windshield at a car that and for you to hit that car, you have to hit another windshield to even do anything inside of that car to who you feel is like threatening you.
1: Right. And there was, yeah, no, there's no justification for this whatsoever. I was completely floored, uh, when I saw it and I was just, you know, very disheartening because it's, it's people who do stupid shit like this that makes it harder for other gun owners, like good gun owners Mm. and, and good, you know, carry permit holders because They, you're not making a rational decision on when you're supposed to be shooting someone. Mm -hmm. And if they're going away from you, which he was, which the car was the Nissan Z was going away from you that it's not like they were stop. It's not like they were brake checking him. You know, I could I saw no evidence of that in the video, that they were like brake checking him or trying to get him to pull over, you know, or trying to impede his motion at at all. So there was absolutely zero reason for him to shoot. I I think this
0: is where you call in the professionals, you know, the police. That's probably what you do. Um, And I don't I do not envision a circumstance that even if the police were, let's say so let's go further down this rabbit hole for the people. Just for my amusement, let's say you call the cops (laughs) and the cops are out there. And this Z is out there flying down the highway, and the cops are chasing it. Do you really think that that police officer is gonna go, let me just start shooting through my windshield? No.
1: Not even a little bit. If
0: they want to get that car to pull over or something, and first of all, they're going to take into consideration that there's other cars on this highway and things that could go. Hopefully, we okay. All police don't do that, without a doubt, right? But they're going to take that into consideration. And the bigger weapon is the vehicle that you're already in versus, you know, that that those rounds. And in, in this case, probably nine millimeter that you're trying to put through the windshield, right? The bigger weapon's the vehicle that you're in. So I'm not saying that this guy should have ran that Nissan Z off the road, but I think that um, even if the cops were chasing that guy and they were trying to get him off the road, they wouldn't be shooting through their windshield in order to do that. So, Yeah, um,
1: not even remotely.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's damn Florida, man. <laughs> you yeah. know? Just,
1: Florida's bringing out the crazies right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's, um, I don't know. There's probably, we're going to find out more. I don't know anything about that guy. He didn't look familiar. Um, uh, if we can,
1: wait till next week, we'll probably have more to talk someone about. Someone will
0: know who that is, is or something. He's going to wind yeah. up being some kind of trainer or some, some something.
1: Oh, know. God, no. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no. No? No, no. You're
0: taking bets that no way that's a trainer or anyone? No way. That's a trainer. Mm, I don't know. Let me look at this video again. Hold on a second. (laughs) Let me see. here. I'll
1: I'll have to admit I was wrong if it was, but I'm not thinking he's a trainer. Let's
0: see what kind of. uh, Oh, hold on. Now, I know this is going to be this is going to be some prejudice here. So let's let let me look at the uh, the the uh, (laughs) let's look at this. Okay, so let's see if I, I don't know if I could blow this up. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys are even seeing any of this, but yeah, this guy—he's got a hat, tattoos, a Casio watch. I can't see if he's got his t-shirt tucked in. So, but he's looking very super. He's got the t- the beard, all of that. Yeah, very tactical. Very, very. I don't know. That's very tactical to me. I'm watching it to too. <laughs> it's looking very like a. Let me see. Let me just play some videos here. See if I could get any.
1: Oh no! Yeah, I'm no. trying to see what
0: kind of T-shirt that is he's wearing. What kind of hats? You know, even um,
1: even his passenger is he's like
0: a, he was appendix carrying. Looks, that, see, he's appendix carrying. Yep. You know. Uh, yeah. Interesting. This guy looked like he trained for this scenario in a class or something like that. I'm just I'm just being facetious. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting what we find out later.
1: <laughs> uh. I think that I think that some dude desperate for attention, and he's going to get all the attention he doesn't want. He doesn't, yeah. He's going to get all the attention he doesn't want over there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so James Miller says, does he have his eyes closed? Well, I think he's blinking. You're going to be blinking if windshield's coming back at you.
1: Yeah, or and shell you can casings. see it kind yeah. of. Yeah.
0: It looks it's like there's some the, shell casings coming back. And all that kind of all of that's gonna it's gonna happen inside the car if you've uh, if you've never done it. So uh, Dan hates you. Says, "Is it a G code holster, Gucci Glock?" He uh, also says
1: he's he's driver zero.
0: <laughs> oh, that's Dan hates you. Oh, that's cold.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, driver <laughs> zero. That's awesome, uh, dude.
0: Vanessa... Oh, boy. Vanessa Kitty says perhaps if he shot while going around a curve, he would curve the bullet like in the movie Wanted. Okay.
1: (laughs) No. No, Um, um,
0: ma'am. Len Holt says it's either a faded NRA shirt or a gun nerd shirt. Oh, please. Please don't. Don't let it be a gun nerd shirt. (laughs) I will hold my head in shame. I will discontinue those shirts. (laughs) They will never be... They'll never be around ever again. Um... Uh, I carry my revolver in single action. Says he, tactical AF. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he and he really put he really put his passenger at a lot of risk too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there was you know he wasn't handling the vehicle um, because he was shooting with both hands. Um, The glass was kind of flying in, or the shell casings Mm -hmm. were flying and hitting hitting the passenger. So you know, I wouldn't be his friend no more. No. To Uh, me, there's gonna be some lawsuits
0: right there. The minute, if I'm your, if I guarantee you, that dude, the minute the guy, the passenger, saw that video go up, he did a couple of things. One, he saved that video. Yeah. (laughs) He downloaded that video very quickly. Two, he called up uh, his lawyer. (laughs) Like, yeah, I want to know, is there some money? Is there some money in this?
1: Can I get Uh, some money out of this? Yes. And I... I do. I think he needs to be charged with some sort of wanton endangerment Mm -hmm. uh, type charge or whatever the equivalent of that is in Florida, because and I think he will. I think a a prosecutor would be stupid not to do that. You can't. There has got to be a lesson learned from that. And if he gets off scot-free for it, uh, my faith in the justice system is going to be pretty depleted.
0: I, I hope the cops track both of them down. Obviously, he's on social media, so he shouldn't be that difficult to track down. But I hope they track down whatever went on with that car, whether it was stolen, not stolen. If that was just mm-hmm. a person driving their car out of their mind. I don't want you to touch my car when I'm driving. I don't want another vehicle to make contact with my vehicle.
2: So I'm <laughs> not going to
0: make vi- contact with somebody else's vehicle. That doesn't... I don't know. That's just me. So, uh, Yeah. Um, and Vanessa Kitty says his passenger should sue the heck out of the driver enough to buy his own truck to never have to ride with that one. He
1: should have, I'll take it a step further. He should have beat the hell out of him. Yeah. He should have like, as soon as that car pulled over, he should have beat the hell out of that dude. Yeah. I mean, who, this is just, this is, this is insanity.
0: I hope that wasn't that guy's boss or something like that, man. And he doesn't have to keep (laughs) riding with that dude. If that's your boss, please (laughs) let us know. (laughs) let us know motorboater says he was blinking from the wind in his eyes yep you know that safety huh
1: that that's too i mean i would agree with that
0: yeah and night train says well (laughs) he wasn't wearing a mask for one thing and james miller says come on hank you're not into bumper cars no no and i would why would you be going up against a pick i don't know maybe that's just my male brain now why are you picking a fight in a little tiny car like that with a pickup truck.
1: <clears throat> so many questions that yeah. we won't we won't Sorry. know the answer to them for days. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. Have you ever so I know that you said you've been through some things before, but have you ever been in a road rage scenario like this or been close to something coming uh-huh. something like this? okay?
1: Oh, yeah, but it was never a, a situation where you know I needed to pull my gun while I was on the road. Um, mm-hmm. but I did uh, and this is why you shouldn't text and drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, uh, cut someone off in traffic, uh, because I was texting and driving and they followed me to a gas station. I knew they were mm-hmm. following me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I was wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think a big part of it is we got to admit our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I pulled over in a public gas station. Um, I used, to, I drove a truck at the time, a mm-hmm. big lariat
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: uh, the guy pulled up behind me, got out of the car. I could see his hands. He didn't have any weapons in his hands. Doesn't mean he wasn't armed. It just means mm-hmm. it wasn't in his hand. And, uh, I had pulled my gun from the uh, door of the truck, and just when he got up to my window and he started, you know, mm, yelling at me, I just, you know, kind of tapped the muzzle on the on the window and said, "Man, I'm not. I was wrong, and I'm sorry, but I'm not dealing with this this with you today." Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to think about that too. I mean, even if you're in the right mm-hmm. in a road rage situation, you don't know that the other person isn't armed
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: directly correlates to what we just watched You know, the video that we just watched. You don't know who's armed and who's not armed. So even if somebody does some, you know, dumbass shit to you in traffic, uh, it's, it's really not worth it to pursue that. Right. I mean, get it. You know, if you've got a dash cam, turn it on, get the footage, get the license plate number, let the police deal with them. Uh it might take a little bit, but I you know, everybody's gonna walk away nobody, you know, and no innocent person's gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't be following people to gas stations and don't be pulling out your gun and shooting at moving targets on the open road. That's irresponsible and you're you're you know, the likelihood of you actually hitting your target is severely low.
0: Yeah. And I you know, I would agree with you on that. I mean, I think if something like I don't even really understand the psychology behind people who feel like they need to follow you. Something happened for whatever reason. Guess what? You're okay. If you get it, if there, if there was an accident, I get it, right? Now you want to exchange yeah. IDs or something like that. You want to wait for the cops and all that kind of stuff. By the way, technically, in that, and I just thought about this in Florida, if there is an accident, it's a crime for you to leave the scene of the accident. So those guys, if they bumped him technically that's a problem right there if you bump someone everyone's yeah. got to pull over and stay and actually it's the law you have to check on the other person and make sure they're okay and all that but that's all besides the point if nothing happened someone cuts you off you're mad okay uh, maybe you honk the horn maybe you curse maybe you flip them the bird why do you need to follow them now why do well, you need to know this to- person
1: Yeah. So the psychology is like now you're like, well, I got to teach them a lesson because (laughs) they're just going to keep doing this. You know? Well, okay. So have you seen the Netflix documentary Tread?
0: No. You
1: need to watch that because it's about this is basically Tread is basically this on like a grandiose scale. Mm -hmm. Only it doesn't have to do with road rage. But the guy, the, the short version of it is the guy. Uh, And this happened, I think, in Colorado, like right outside of Denver maybe or something. Mm -hmm. And um, he was being screwed over by the city council on some property that he had uh, purchased. And they were basically trying to run him out of town. And it was was completely unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was basically this, you know, these government officials that were trying to get this guy out of town. So what does he do? He goes to California and buys a big, like – it's not a bob. It's a like a big backhoe bobcat. Oh, you know, not, Is this the kill? Bulldozer bulldozer thing? Is this the kill? Yes! Dozer? Oh, okay. Yes! Yeah, and some, he some outfitted it in armor. What? <laughs> Hank, listen to yeah. the point mm-hmm. where he had a he had an air compressor in it and cameras outside of it and so when he was and so he literally destroyed every person that screwed him over in that town he destroyed their business he ran it over with this huge ass bulldozer that he had outfitted in all of this um armor and then he had the camera so he could see outside of it and then he would push this button on the air compressor and it would blow all the debris off the cameras this guy was like solid in
0: and this Stop is on documentary it. this is on Netflix it's called Tread.
1: Yeah, it's called Tread and you you have got to watch it because you're sort of like you're like half on his side and mm-hmm. then you're half like this dude has lost it.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: But it's like what happens, you know, when it was like the, you know, a, like a tiny tyrannical government, you know, trying to like come down on this guy. But Now you've got he now he took these extreme measures. And so that's what this dude did is he's like, oh, this guy's going to mess with me. I got to teach him a lesson, just like the guy who made the bulldozer was like, I got to teach these people a lesson Mm -hmm. in in why they shouldn't treat other people like this. And that's probably the mentality that he had.
0: Yeah. Brick says he had a 50 mounted on it.
1: He did. He did. (laughs) And it was insane. Okay, and they had snipers on like hilltops, like Mm -hmm. trying to take him out and they Mm -hmm. couldn't because he was like this amazing welder Mm -hmm. and so he was his his shit was so tight nobody was getting in there Mm
0: -hmm. nobody
1: was getting in there well
0: you never know who you're dealing with listen i don't i don't know man i don't think and and i've been in situations i remember first of all like i like small little zippy cars like that i really do and i had a little small zippy car like that but here you know where i lived everyone has pickup trucks You know, and I remember I was zipping in and out of traffic because that's why I have little zippy cars. And there was a guy in a pickup truck that was mad or something like that. And he was trying to catch up to me. And I did think, okay, maybe this guy's mad. But if he gets out of his car, then we have a, you know, then we have a situation. Like, I think he caught up to me somewhere where we were stuck in traffic. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to sit here and wait and see what this guy does. But the guy didn't um he didn't get out of his he didn't get out of his car to be honest with you i don't even know maybe the guy was telling me oh that's a cool car maybe someone who recognized i don't know but once you (laughs) get out of your car now and you're coming over to fight with me here's my thing if i take my gun out i'm already on the path of something you know Mm -hmm. and i think this is what people need to think about it's not to say you can't take your gun out and then you have you don't have to use it but once you start going down this road (laughs) You know, it's very difficult to stop your momentum, right? So for anyone in these situations, you need to remember that once you're in motion.
1: It's hard to not be in motion. Yeah, we're talking about
0: physics here. So um, but people listen, we all do things to each other that makes that makes us get mad and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, we got to figure out how to deal with it and not have it get to this, because I think in this in this scenario, this guy just got lucky. That he didn't really hurt anyone that didn't need to be hurt. Um, I don't know if I care about the people in the Z getting hurt or anything like that. Um, You know, because they were obviously up to some shenanigans. So we'll see how that whole thing goes. Okay, so I know we've got a couple of minutes here. And see, like I said to you, you know, you're worried. Got nothing. Yeah. I
1: was never worried. I don't think, yeah. don't be lying to people. Remember, you were saying, I you were saying oh, I don't
0: want to just talk to you. This was more fun that, the other time. There's other people. That
1: is not what no, I just got to talk said. to Hank Strange
0: this whole time. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's
1: not even what I said. fake news. That's fake no, news. It's not. That's fake <laughs> yes, news. it
0: is. Very fake news. Really fake.
1: Fake news. Fake, yeah. fake.
0: Absolutely. So, what's going on with you? What's What's coming up next with you before we. Uh, before we even start thinking of getting out of here what's your next moves where's the next places people could <clears> see you I know you're building ranges sometimes you're doing the class so what's coming up
1: yeah well um the best thing to do is you know either follow me on Facebook or Instagram at clearing the chamber um because I got um I'm doing the done right podcast uh coming up um I'm doing the fireside chats Podcast. I'm doing the Cigar Talk podcast, mm-hmm. so loves. I love cigars and bourbon. I was sipping on some bourbon when we first got started. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, I the, see. That's yeah. what uh,
0: lubricated you then.
1: <laughs> I had to get going. You yeah, know?
0: you got that bourbon. Um, <laughs> yep, okay.
1: and then uh, I've got some. Uh, you know, we're probably going to do another coverage of the debates on mm-hmm. the Patrick Bed David podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I've got some, you know, projects coming up. We're still doing Project Safe Neighborhood with tier one. Uh, and then I've I've still got the Wade stuff going on. So uh, my nonprofit is Wade, which is the Women's Awareness and Defense Endeavor. And we raise money to teach uh, low income women and single moms how to defend themselves. And we've got some classes coming up for Wade uh, in October and November for sure.
0: Okay, very cool. And so the number one place that folks out there, if someone's looking at this, uh, they enjoy this conversation, maybe they want to have a conversation with you, the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, is either on Facebook or Instagram, uh, okay. at Clearing the Chamber. So definitely shoot me uh, a direct message if you have questions, if you're interested in a class, um, if you just, you know, just want to have a general chat um let, let's let's do that uh that you know both both of those are uh monitored heavily and daily
0: mm-hmm. absolutely listen uh i like how you know i like your flow i like you know how you i like your point of view your attitude just these it's all good so hopefully <laughs> we can get you to come back on here i think the folks out there appreciate it as well i know now you're getting all big time you know you're doing stuff with what is it uh pbe pde uh
1: P- PBD. PBD, <laughs> there you mentioned. go. I
0: didn't even know that. See, that's what threw me off the whole PBD thing. But um yeah, you know, I hope that you're you're like now we don't have to like get in touch with your assistant in order to get No, you to no. You've run. got a
1: you got yeah. a direct line and then you know, yeah. another thing too is don't forget about the 2A rally. Mm -hmm. Uh that's coming up. I'm looking up their social.
0: Are you talking Um, about the virtual one?
1: Yeah, we were gonna go. Yeah, we were gonna go to DC. It got moved to virtual, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, but on Instagram, uh follow uh two a rally. Mm -hmm. Um it's gonna be on October twenty fourth. So tune in. There's some really great speakers, man. Uh Mm -hmm. we've got uh Dana Lash is is doing some stuff, uh I'm doing some stuff. Uh, and then there's a lot of other really good uh, speakers. You know, Rob Pingas is involved in that. You had him on the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, Terrible me, guy. Terrible guy. Yeah. Awful person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no. I lo- I've known Rob for a long time. He's so cool, man. Yeah. Every he time he comes so cool. on here, at least half the people get mad at him.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. He's very like, he just says what he thinks and he doesn't really care much it's awesome. I love him. about the aftermath. But the, yeah. the, but the thing I like about him is I know he's going to like, I know he's going to tell me He's going to tell me straight up, you know, I don't yeah. have to worry about. He also likes pushing
0: things. people's buttons. I'm just telling you.
1: He really does. Sometimes
0: he it's, does that on my stuff. Like I post stuff and he goes on there and he says weird cryptic stuff. And then I hit him. I'm <laughs> like, Rob, what, what, I don't understand what you mean by this. It's too, you know, I can't. I don't get it. He's like, oh, I'm too, just trying to activate people. <laughs>
1: yeah. He thinks too deep. Um, but I'm, I'm taking a class from him on Saturday. He's going to be oh. in the DFW area. So, oh, cool. but do go, go on Instagram and follow at. Uh, the number two A rally. Yeah, let me see. Uh, and, I think I'm, I think speakers. I'm
0: following that. Let me pull, pull them up and uh, uh, two. It's just two. It's just two A rally, right? Yeah. There yep, we go. That's it. So there you go, guys. If you just put in two A rally, you start typing. It's going to come up. I'm already following them. Um, you know, good thing to do if you guys want to keep up with this, especially since it's going to be virtual. So there's no reason. There's no. Why reason you can't be there? Gonna, yeah. Why you're going to be? I'm not sure exactly what time that's going to be going live. Let me see if I can see it there. It's probably going to be for hours and hours during the day, right?
1: Yeah, I think during when we live. did it last year in D.C. It was like four hours, Yeah, I think. So yeah. pop on and off, um, kind of see your your favorite yeah. uh, Second Amendment speakers. And, uh, and, man, just remember that this is so important. And, uh, you know, so bring it up in conversation, uh, teach your kids about it, and don't forget to train.
0: All right, awesome. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up everything here. Thanks so much for everyone for being out there with us. Big shout out to Harry's Holsters. Stay right there, Jerry. I'm going to run in the end boom there we go don't forget to subscribe to the channel ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live we're going to put out the audio from this and put it up on itunes and other places that you guys get your audio podcasts from lots of people around the world listening to us that's very cool we appreciate it as well as we really do appreciate all the good folks listening to us here please go support jarrah hutchins uh clearing the chamber that's that's what you need to look up. Clearing the chamber. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Jarrah. I will give you the the final word. What oh
1: man, I didn't know you were gonna give me the final word. Uh, hey, you guys have an awesome night, and don't forget, get strapped or get clapped.
0: There you go. Boom. This is not the. I forgot this too. Sorry. I, now it's not really the. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to apologize. I just remembered there is no show tomorrow night. So there's no show tomorrow night, no show Monday. We'll be back Tuesday, taking a couple days off to get some stuff done. So I know, I'll I'll probably post something on social media to remind you guys. Do you want the actual real last word?
1: Nope, you got it, man.
0: (laughs) There you go. She said it. She did it anyway. We're out of here. Peace. (laughs) See you guys.